G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Afternoons with Staffy Podcast, the kick-off a Monday, kick-off a week. And boy, did you kick off on the All Blacks performance and where rugby is at. Midday Madness, normally an hour. It was just about the whole four, but geez, we had some ripper calls. Hats off to you magnificent listeners. Got a lot of good calls and a lot of good texts as well. Also joined by former All Blacks legend, Murray McStead, a very wise thinker of his game. Where's rugby at? What do we need to change? And what are his observations? And also caught up with Jonathan Eureko. He's a BBC tennis commentator that we caught up with pre-tournament, and he gives his summary of what Wimbledon was like for him. I thought it was an absolute ripper. We played Mastermind Rugby. We played What Happens Next Rugby. And we revisit our Show Me The Money. Um, <clears throat> not so good for us. Not so good. And a ripper song in back of the day. That is here on the Afternoons with Staffy Podcast. Here to get you through your workday, this is Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Everybody, we've hit the 11th of July. It's a Monday. It's a Monday. And I can just hear you all harnessed up, ready to go on Midday Madness. We're going to leave it open as long as, as long as we can because you are the rugby fans. You are the paying public that go and watch these teams. You pay your hard earned A lot of you fly, get accommodation, buy tickets, eat out, drink out, go to Dunedin. And probably spend, I don't know, a grand a head for the out-of-towners. Um, I want to hear from you. I want to hear from you as if you're talking to the rugby aficionados out there. And tell us your feeling. Tell us your solutions. Tell us your observations. I have a swag of observations, which I will drip feed. I will drip feed. My most concerning thing was Ireland, England, Wales, Scotland and France all won think five nations New Zealand, Australia, South Africa, Argentina Japan, all lost are we going to look back on this particular era in five years ten years time and say that's the day that's the time that the stronghold on rugby changed and we don't want to fall too far back that we can't get back to, I was going to say our rightful position, our preferred position Really keen on your thoughts. 0800 150 811. 
We will keep the lines open. You call. I really want to hear from you what your observations, your fixes are. Um, and also on the show, hopefully we'll get from either the very recent referee's boss or the brand new referee's boss, both well known to us in rugby circles, Bryce Lawrence or Chris Pollock. Um, we're just waiting for confirmation if we can get one of them. And also, as I just mentioned to Smithy, uh, quarter past two, Murray Mexted, very lateral thinker, wide ranging thinker, really keen to have a decent long chat to him. At quarter past two, we've also got Mastermind today, which is Rugby Union. Rugby Union, so you'll be able to play along at home. We've got What Happens Next with a really cool giveaway, which we will expand on later. Wimbledon's just wrapped up, so we've got Jonathan Eureko. Uh, he's BBC tennis commentator. We will um, look back at the last couple of weeks, and I really enjoyed it, actually. We'll revisit Show Me The Money. We'll have a look back in the day, but let's rip in. The calls are coming in. 0800 150 It's Midday Madness. Well, listen, Buster. You better start to move your feet to the rockin'est beat of madness. Okay, we're opening it up to whatever you want to talk about from the weekend. I'm pretty sure it's going to be rugby related. Uh, lots of weird decisions, lots of weird paths that rugby seems to be going down now. Coaching, selection, strategies. I think we've been shown up in a lot of areas when we used to be kings of the world in innovation and retaliation. And we just seem to be retaliating way more or hoping to retaliate way more than I would like. We were the scene setters. And now we're struggling. What are your thoughts? Let's head to Gizzy, uh, and he's just returned back from a trip down to Dunedin. So I was talking about you, Joe. Kia ora, welcome. Yeah, kia ora, Steph, mate. Just landed back home after uh, five days' boys trip uh, to Dunners and, uh, you know, kind of picked the worst game that I've ever seen the All Blacks play to uh, to head down. But, uh yeah, inside that stadium, you know, prior to kickoff, it was fizzing. First time ever been there. Six boys from Gizzy thought, right, we're on the hammer here. <laughs> and then uh, once again, you know, with inside, uh, you know, five minutes, we're, we're behind again. And then, uh, you know, the referee goes a bit OTT, like where, where um, Lester jumped into the winger, may happen right in front of us. Yep. And he takes off. And where's he going to go in mid-air? Now, we thought the penalty was against Papa Lee coming across and hitting him late. Um, but when they went back and you watched the uh, replay, he arrived simultaneously on top of the winger, as, as does Leicester. And then I mean, the, the Irish winger takes a dive, lies down for a while. Hello, we better go back and have a look at that and send the guy to the bin. And the one thing you found in the stadium, and I don't know if it came across on TV, is that every time there was a stoppage, one of the Irish boys dropped to the ground for an injury. Mm. And they slowed the game up so much. Every time, you know, there was a scrum, a ruck, a line-out, a, a penalty, anything. One guy went down, on came the water guys. So at one time, there were nine different trainers from both sides on the field Jeez. at a stop of play. And the play just got slower and slower. Uh, I mean, the head clash, you know, it's getting fictional when you're starting to ruin our game, when the TMO is constantly going back, looking for things. The head clash happens, mate. You know, you can't, you can't instantly expect a big man, when a guy comes back on an angle, to change instantly. It looks good in slow motion. Oh, he should have tried. He should have dropped his body weight. Mate, this is a contact sport. 
and this is why we love it. And in all the games across the uh, across the weekend, we saw a whole lot of cards come out for things that that are just you know for us are accidents. They happen in the game. Move on. You know he's not going out there permanently, purposely to headbutt someone, Steffi. Mm. You know, and Wanuku is not not a dirty player. He lands on the guys in mid air, but once you play that that twenty two minute block with thirteen players and then fourteen players, and then the fictional you know refereeing debacle where they're not not allowed to bring Artie back on, right? Mm. And then all of a sudden we're behind. But once we were behind, we had no leadership. We had no rhythm. Right, and we had no flow. Every time we got the ball, we played a couple of phases, we decided to kick it. We were like, why are we kicking it? Pick and go. Go back to something old. Yep. Then mind the pod, pick and go, pick and go, let's go. Let, let, let's get a bit physical. Every time they kicked it to us, drop the ball, drop the ball, drop the ball, drop the ball from the high ball, drop the ball from off the first pass off the high ball, knock it on, loose carries, and then... You know, we only we were only out of the game by what nine ten points, and we couldn't get a foothold to get back in. The first half, what thirty six minutes, they were inside our twenty two. We went back up the other end. We bombed away for three minutes. Should have had a penalty try. We scored a try. We're back in at ten seven. It's all black. It's all black rugby. It's like right here we come. In the second half, mate. They were still in the sheds when they scored in the second half, and right then all the air went out the stadium because we got fourteen men. And you're watching them just miss simple tackles. And it's almost as if you were watching the Melbourne Storm playing block plays. One man in behind, one man in behind, one man in behind, one man in behind. Right. And they got the width. Mm. And we just couldn't pick it up. And, you know, we were, we were, we were so poor at the ruck. Where then, then, of course, our, you know, the guy who's playing the best rugby we've got gets HIA'd and off goes Guzzler. And, but we've got no one. Everyone raved about Papa Lee. You know, he, he's a one-season wonder. He's got to be there. Mate, he, 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 he didn't turn up. He did. One of my mates next to me, you know, from he's a blues man hard and hard, but he was he was talking his man up, and his man did nothing. You know, the bench came on and did nothing. Tupeloto did nothing. You know, no one mongreled up. And, and it was just like, it was so poor. Mm. And and, and we, we had a guy with us who, who was from, uh, he was an, he's an Irish journalist. Name's Don Swift, writes for the uh, the RTE, the radio over there, and does interviews and things like that. And then, you know, he watched his first game, Lansdowne Road, nineteen sixty three. Wow. He's seen every home game of the All Blacks play Ireland, and he saw them win in Dublin. And he said he could die a happy man if they won a game in New Zealand. And, and I tell you what, he sat there crying next to us when they won. Sixty nine year old man, bawling his eyes out for what they achieved. Special. Special, and they deserved oh, it. Was, it was, you know. Oh, yeah, they deserved it. But, you know, we, we gave it to them in, in phases, mm. you know. Our defence was poor. Their, their line speed was just like rugby league. Yep. Up in our face, up in our face. Let's pick it. Mm. We try the big double ball at the end. What, what's Moanga doing playing outside centre? You know, he got smoked in that last three minutes where they had the turnover, held onto the ball because he had no flankers around him, kicked the penalty, another three points ahead, you know. And it's just like we just had nothing for the first time I've ever seen the All Blacks. We had no engine and we had no bench. Mate, I had about you know? thir- I had about thirty points written down to cover off. You've done about twenty of them. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that, Steph. <laughs> no, mate, that, that's brilliant. I want to hear from you guys before before I, I spout off. But mate, um, 
passionate call, passionate call. You've gone down to Dunedin from Gizzy. Wouldn't have been a cheap five days for the boys. And uh, you had your cake, but your icing wasn't there, eh? Oh, mate, you know what? We're, we're rugby fans, you know, and we watch them. We, we end up at a lock-in at the Spates O House till 6 a.m. with half the Irish boys, right? <laughs> and in the end, it's a game of footy, and we lost it. Yeah. And we woke up Sunday Sunday afternoon, right, and we had to drive back to Christchurch, and we flew home this morning. And you get up today, it's raining and gizzy, it's raining in Christchurch, and it's another day of footy for us to talk about. Yeah. But we didn't deserve it, and you just got to take your hat off and say, hey, it wasn't our day. Now, we're bitch and moaned as a country. You know, we're going to mourning, you know, <laughs> over the next few days. But you know the best news about the weekend was, Steph? Uh, the Warriors didn't lose. That's hey. it. That's it. <laughs> Good on you, buddy. Love the call, Joe. Love you, Steph. Thanks, boy. See you later, boys. There he is, Joe from Gizzy. lot to say, and I really did enjoy listening to it. Uh, we're going to go to Puhoi and chat to Jimmy. G'day, Jimmy. G'day, Steph, mate. Oh, that was a great call from Joe. Yes. Bloody hell. Yes. I could, wa- I could waffle on all day. <laughs> I could waffle on all day, but he, he got a few of my points out as well. Um, I'm going to, yeah, like I say, I could waffle on all day. I'm pretty disappointed. Um, yeah, I, I want to talk about the whole collision thing, you know, like um, with what they're doing with these with these rules, man. Like it's, uh, I, I agree with, protecting the players and stuff you know we've got to we've got to protect all the players and whatnot but we've got to the cotton wool's got to come off mate these guys these guys choose to be there you know like i, I played rugby through my uh, through school and then once i left school i played league and in, in the arl auckland rugby league before every game they bring a card in right you know the the team list. so you've got to sign your name yep. next to the card before you go out on the field and that's for like insurance and you know like a registration and all that but it's also a waiver because what you're about to do is you're about to participate and you condone legalised thuggery, mate. You know, so that's what an old coach used to call it, legalised thuggery. And the way he used to put it is like, you know, you can't go down the street and do what you do. You know, you're not, you, if I go down the street and put a big swinging arm, Quentin Pongia, straight across someone's chest, mate, I'm not going to get 10 minutes in the bin. I'm going to get 10 months in jail, you know, so... And, and and you could also be on the receiving end of that. So you, it's a choice. So you've got to want to be there. You know, it's a choice. And these guys are grown men. They've got they've got all the, they've got all the information. They know that if they go out there, they could get a stray knee or a stray head butt or a stray elbow or, a, you know, like. And they know if they if they've got the ball in their hands and they dip their head, they could get you know it could potentially really hurt them. Yeah. You know, and they know if they play for 10, 15 years straight, they can get dementia. But yet they choose to be there, you know. Like it's a choice, man. You know, well, we've just got to wrap the cotton ball off all these guys, man, and just like realize this is a this is a like a game of footy, man. You know, this is contact physical sport, and they want to be there, you know. Or else, where does it end? You know, like where does where does it end? Mm. Like there's no end point at this point. When you know there has to be a a point where we bloody where we just suck it up and say, well, yeah, these guys want to be there, you know. And it's like MMA fighters; they want to be there. They're bashing each other's brains out. You know, they want to be there. Like a, motor racing, yeah, motor racing drivers me. jump in a car and they might crash as well, and that can have it, shockers. Yeah, it, it, exactly, mate. Like it's just, yeah, oh, it, it just, you know, like we've just got to take the cotton ball off, man. You know, these guys are grown men. They're athletes. They've got all the professionals around them. They've got all the nutrition. You know, they're all healthy as all this. You know, they know what they're doing. They know when they go out on the field, they might get a boot to the head. You know, bloody hell, and mm. they could be on the receiving end of it. And but 
you do it because you love it, and that's why we love it. It's as simple as that. You know, it's a choice. Like, let these guys be grown ups and have a choice, and just let the game go, man. Bloody hell! <laughs> Good man, Jimmy. Good man. We've got to cr- push on, but thanks heaps for calling up. Yeah, no worries, Steph. Thanks, mate. Cheers, buddy. Jimmy from Puhui. Oh eight hundred one five zero eleven. Your thoughts on? The test matches, I will put that in plural from the weekend because I've got a real issue with the England-Australia game as well. Uh, three minutes away from a break, but we've got time to chat to Dino from Dunedin. G'day, Dean. Yeah, mate, I'll be quick because I haven't got very long, but for me, it's the, the um, sin binning and red cards and all that, that's going to be an issue for a long time. But I'll be more concerned, and I am more concerned as an all-black supporter, that our bloody coach doesn't know the rules. Yeah. Like, how, how can that be in the professional era? And one other thing I'll tell you, and this is going to ring true with the old guys that made our game so damn good. A friend of mine couldn't get accommodation, but he was lucky enough to get accommodation at the Distinction Hotel. Yep. The old black stayed there. Now, I don't know about this. Like, they're walking around with their kids, babies and stuff. The day of the game. Like, get the wives and girlfriends out of there on Thursday. They don't need to be there 24-7. If they can't concentrate on rugby, I don't get I mean, this is going to go down wrong, but, mate, really? They showed as though they played like they weren't there. Simple as that. Yeah, it was a tough time watch. Place, time and a place, Savvy. Mm. It's a T- game. Wives and girlfriends definitely have them there on a Sunday. Fly them out Monday, you know? Mm. Good and call, Dino. Cheers, buddy. That's Dean out of Dunedin. Uh, give us your calls, 0800 150 We'll have a quick break, and on the other side, we're going to chat to Brent from Brisbane. Get ready for a workday pick-me-up. This is Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. We're in midday madness. We'll keep it open as long as you keep ringing. 0800 150 811 is the number. We're going to Brizzy and talking to Brent. G'day, Brent. Hey, Staffy. How are you? Good, thanks, bud. Oh, mate, what a game. Yeah. Four, four quick points. You ready? Yep. Okay. The C word, complacency. Yep. Hey, I told all my New Zealand mates after the first test that the scoreline didn't reflect the contest. You know, there's what, four or more held-up tries. Yep. Lucky bounce to every I said, watch out, second test, right? So it's a complacency. The D word, discipline. I know we don't like the rules, but we just have to abide by them because there's litigation going on with world rugby, and that that's the reason why these things are in place. I don't like it, but that's why they're in place, mm-hmm. all right? Number three, forwards win matches back to side by how much? New Zealand forwards got schooled all over the park. Did you notice what the Ireland pack were running on angles? They had runners on the left, runners on the right, so there was more post-contact metres. New Zealand forwards were running one off. We were just getting picked off. You know, we just lacked physicality. We lacked mongrel. I mean, even before the red card, it was like 70-30 territory to Ireland, and what ball we had, we kicked it straight down their throats or kicked it up in the air and didn't put any pressure on them. It was just, you know? Yeah, it was shameful. The last thing... My last thing I want to say, we need young, strong, fast, and we need to blood them now. We've got to stop re-signing a lot of our players who are in the twilight of their careers and their bodies just aren't up to it. We've got to start looking at, look, Callum Grace, Tamidi Williams, Fletcher Neal, Ethan DeGroote. These guys are like 21, 23. You know, like, France is going to be average age, what, last year, average age 24 against the All Blacks when they told us up. They're going to be 26 
mm. at the World Cup. I mean, mm. no, it's yeah. so disappointing. Yeah, I, I was thinking about that in the weekend, actually, and I thought our grizzled veterans are 34, 35. I want our grizzled veterans to be 29 or 30. Yeah, exactly. Mm. With the body that can compete anyway. with their, what their mind's telling them to. Hey, great call, Brent. Thanks heaps, buddy. Thanks for taking my call. No Bye. worries at all. Good to hear from Brisbane. Uh, we head back uh, locally again to the 09. It's Joey in Auckland. G'day, Joey. Have I got you there? Doesn't appear so. Says he's here. Joey, come in. Neeps has taken him back and he's trying to talk to him. But uh, is he there now? Looking for some sort of indication from the booth. Uh, no indication. Give us a yell though. 0800 150 He talked about the three components that were missing. For me, uh, Sam Whitelock, and I know I'm sort of going back on what I just said, but Sam Whitelock, Adi Savia, <clears throat> and potentially Dane Coles. Now, I didn't say that last week, but that sort of player is what we what we missed. Uh, we'll go to Tutakaka and talk to Michael. G'day, Michael. Hey, Steffi, how are you? Good, thank you, sir. So we had a total lack of leadership, right, in that game. Um, I watched the camera pan across to Foster. He was like a possum in the headlight, mate. He mm. didn't know what was going on. Um, I don't think, I don't, I, certainly we missed Whitelock. Um, I don't think Kane was up to it. Um, I think we, we, you know, we, we've got a, we've got a coaching, we have a leadership team that needs a good boot up the bum. And if that means the coach has to go, they have to go. But you, you and your boys on the breakfast show this morning were talking about this. Like the Irish team would, would follow Farrell to Helen back and go back again just for a second lap because mm. it was a good thing to do. Mm. And, and we don't have that, mate. We don't have that. We need to stop whining about cards and all of that. And like your previous caller just said, mate, them's are the rules. They're the same rules for everyone, whether we like it or not. We can debate all day long whether he meant to do it. Of course he didn't mean to do it, but it happened, and it's a fact of the game, right? And we may as well get used to it now because this is what's going to happen in the World Cup next year. But but my question to you is, if Foster loses this test next, this weekend, which I reckon is every chance we will, right? Because the Irish, they had something to play for last Saturday. they got a way more to play for now. Mm. And we go to South Africa and get beaten over there, What's, there'll be, an, there'll be an, an uprising here for him to go, mate. Mm. Yeah, there'll be marches on NZR. <laughs> there, there I mean, it's, it's got to the point where something's not right. Mm. Like, look at our win record. The only two teams we've beaten, we've beaten... Um, I think we beat the Welsh once, and we've beaten Italy in the USA in yeah. the last eight or nine months. I mean, you, are you serious? You know, the thing on the coaching, I want to share a point of my, uh, that I've been thinking about, was it took, New Zealand, it took New Zealand rugby six months to get a game plan together for last week, for the first test, and it was brilliant. Uh, caught them unawares. Then it took Andy Farrell one week to undo that game plan, and we didn't have another one but, and had nowhere to go. But, Stephanie, were we as good as we thought last week, right? Like like your previous caller from Brisbane just said, right? That that score flattered us last week. Mm. I think the Irish, you know, the Irish could have scored a couple of tries. They didn't. There's lots of ifs, buts and maybes. But you're right. We And, you know, what's interesting is last week Foster wasn't involved in the team. And you could argue following your line of thought how well they went. This week he's back in there. Smith's obviously gone out. And look at the debacle we had. Yep. And, and I, I'm sick of hearing that it hurts, 
right? That's all Kane can say in the, in the press conference. It hurts. Mm. You know, Foster's press conference yesterday, he's more interested in talking about how well all the Northern Hemisphere teams are doing than talking about our own inadequacies. Yeah, yeah, a bit of a you deflection. Know, like I thought that want, too. He, he didn't want a front yesterday, mate. He got nothing to say. And he's, and he's becoming more and more belligerent. And it's just like, it's yeah, it, it's, something has to change because I tell you what, we won't get past the quarterfinals in the World Cup if we play like this. We've gone to number four in the world, Steffi. Yeah, and sinking. Imagine, imagine dropping And sinking, to... yeah, we're not yeah. going ahead. Yeah. I, 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 the Irish are paying 380, mate. I'd put a lazy 50 on that because I reckon she'd be a good bet. Yeah, not the worst. Hey, awesome. I mean, you wouldn't bet against it, put it that way. No, we've got to scoot to news, Michael, but I love hearing from you, champion, up there in the far north. Good on you. See you, mate. Bye. Cheers, buddy. Michael, out of Tutakaka. 0800 150 811. Got a couple of spare lines. Do give us a call. Your observations, your insights, and where do we go to improve? But for now, we'll catch up with the new sport and weather. Well, listen, Buster. You better start to move your feet to the rockin'est beat of madness. Yes, welcome back in. Welcoming your calls on 0800 150 811. Loving your opinions. We've got a swag of text messages coming on the Tampa Bed Post text machine, which is cool, but uh, give us a bell. I've got so many. I, I normally promise I'll get to them all, but there are so many. Be the voice. Let's hear you. We're going to Brad. G'day, Brad. Yeah, g'day, Steph. Um, look, I was there on Saturday night, so probably got a slightly different perspective um, one thing that I thought was was uh, a symptom of why we lost is we're starting to become very predictable in our phase play. We sort of go two and three or, or four phases and then we just run to a box kick and try and contest it. Yep. Every time we get to the box kick, I feel like we've run out of ideas. Then when Ireland got it at, at around that halfway or on the 10 metre line in their own territory, they would run their three or four uh, phases. Then they'd go wide and which would draw our backs up, and then they'd kick in behind us and kick for more territory. So instead of going to the air, they were kicking for territory, and that's what they dominated and put them, you know, put them in a, an, an opportunity to then put pressure on our set piece. So I felt that they were very much outcoached in terms of, of their options at, at the end of their phases. Um, and I think that you know, when the All Blacks start to become predictable, then you know, Houston, we have a problem. And what was disappointing was when you actually look at that team we put out on the park, the entire back row, the locks and the halfback, they're all super rugby captains. The entire loose force trio is super rugby captains. Both the locks have that experience. Yet when things changed on, on Saturday night, they couldn't just tuck the ball under their wing and change the game plan to suit. Because when you're a man down, you've just got to go tighter. The force just have to get together and just try and, you know, move forward as a blanket. You can't take pods on, you know, two and three out from the ruck when you don't have the numbers to the ball. So just really disappointed in, in those leaders and the team that, that just failed to stand up, really. Really well spoken, Brad. Really well spoken. Thank you for ringing, buddy. Cheers, Steph. Cheers, mate. There's Brad. Thought about it a lot. Of all of these things, cards, referees, TMOs, selections, I'm with Brad. Game plan. They are the two most important words. Ireland had an amazing one, two, three game plans. Planned, structured, effective, accurate. We didn't. And that's coaching. That's coaching. 
Let's go now to um, trying to figure this one out, Sammy. Uh, we're going to John. G'day, John. Welcome in, John. Good. Hello, can you hear me? I've got you. <laughs> that's good. Hey, that's the problem, mate. You know, we're still playing Steve Steve Hansen rugby, um, you know, a few years out from when he was retired or when he's left, and um, everyone's figured it out. Mm. And, you know, the statistics are not good for Steve or for, what's his name, Foster. I mean, if he loses this weekend and loses both in South Africa, we could be ranked sixth in the world. Can you imagine that? A New Zealand rugby team ranked sixth in the world, behind even Australia. I know. So, um, and that's a real possibility, mate. That's a real possibility. And how shameful will it be if the Māori All Blacks win their series? I know they're probably playing a B team, and the All Blacks lose their series. How shameful will that be? And that, that just says a lot about Ian Foster and his team. Um, you know, I'm, I've had a guts fall, mate. Um, he, he stands there on, on television talking like there's nothing wrong. Um, he's got a bit of arrogance about him, like he's better than everyone else. Um, we see that he's, he's, he's under 70%. He's been one of the worst All Black coaches in maybe 30, 40 years since Wayne Smith took over here and he took over for two years, though. Um, you know, they've lost four test matches in their last eight. And, um, you know, everything's a mirage, mate. They beat Australia 3-0 and then they beat Ireland, but then they go and have this performance. Mm. So it's a bit of a trend. It is a trend. I'm sorry to You know what else is a trend is is how defence is king now. And if I look at the most effective defence as coaches, I say Andy Farrell and I say Sean Edwards, two leaguies. Henry Paul's making moves in the coaching circles in rugby union over in the UK. The thing, I I just feel like since Graham Henry, who had Steve Hansen as assistant, then Steve Hansen, who had Ian Foster as assistant, now we have Ian Foster. Maybe that's the track. We haven't changed tack because we've been so successful for those, what is it, 15 years. And, you know, that old adage, don't don't fix what's not broken. It's slowly crumbling, isn't it? Well, exactly, mate. And just going back on the league um, coaches coming through, Argentina's got our old key in the wee coaching there. So yes. they're bringing all those different defensive tactics in that's helping those teams. And like you said, it's we're playing rugby from 10 years ago when we were very successful, mm. and teams have moved on. And you can see that now. And I'm, I'm very afraid that this all-black team is just going to be a disaster this year, mate. Yeah. But hopefully not. You're awesome. Thanks yeah, for your call, cheers. buddy. Thanks, mate. He's gone. John's gone. And now we go to Joey from Auckland. G'day, Joey. Yes, Daffy. Look, we're we're getting too predictable. I mean, when was the last time you saw um, the All Blacks or or any Super 12 team in New Zealand do a double round or or a scissors like the Goings used to do? I know it's it's harder now with the defence a bit flatter, but we're we're so predictable, it's not funny. And also, too, we've got too many players in, in different positions where they shouldn't be... You know, they, they, they play Super 12 in one position and he's putting them in another position, you know, playing in a test match. You can do that against Milo's sides and not against sides like Ireland. I mean, you had you had three open-side flankers, our loose four trio on Saturday, you know, and, and one of them's probably our third or fourth uh, best number seven at the moment, unfortunately. He's been a good all-black, uh, but he's not the best number seven, and that's the captain. And he probably knows that too. He hasn't had enough rugby as well. And then we've got a guy coming 
coming from Japan Rugby to Tolupo. He comes over, goes straight into the All Blacks. What does that say to guys like Robertson, uh, Robinson from Auckland and that, who have played all the season Super 12 Rugby, and, and we lose a lock, and, and oh, we just bring in, we'll bring in Paddy Tupo from, and he's, he's come from playing in Japan. That, that, that's, a, that's bad selecting, yeah. without a doubt. And also, too, Staffy, the I think the, the rules got to change with the um, the head knocks, the, the knocks, you know. Like, that wasn't really ascending off um, Angus Carvale. Uh, that, okay, in the rule it says, yes, he's, he's made contact with the head. So the rule says, yes, it should be either Sinbin or sending off. But it should be to the referee's discretion. Now, those two players got knocked out. All the referee had to do was say, you're both not coming back. It was an accident. We'll have a scrum. We'll give Ireland the ball because they had the ball. And we play on. Mm. But no, what does he do? He sends off, sends off Timmer. So then we go down to, to 14 men, and no one knows the rules. And so we take off Artie Savia, who's one of our best players, and he can't come back on. Mm. Outrageous. Don't blame the ref, though. I, I keep saying don't blame the refs. It's the rules that need a look at. And by God, I hope they have a look at it. There's got to be room for an accidental head clash. There's got to be room for that. Exactly, Stephanie. I'm not blaming the ref. Not at all. I mean, he, he's only going by what the rule says. And the rule said if you make head contact, it's a, it's a sending off. Yeah. And, and and that was accidental. There's no way Angus Carvel could could have done anything in that tackle. In fact, it, was, it wasn't a bad tackle, but unfortunately it was a head crash with both of them. But if they both had gone off and the referee had looked on the screen and said, hey, uh, it's my discretion here, um, I think they, they should not both, both not come back on and just replace them, that's fine, and we'll, we'll just get on with the game. But, I mean, it's just, you know, it's too much stop start with, with these head crashes, you know, um, and, and as I say, you know, some of them are accidental. If, if that was deliberate, fair enough. See you later. Gone. Yep. Not a problem. Yeah. I'm with you. Love the passion, Joey. Thanks for calling, bud. That's Joey out of Auckland. We've got a full board of calls, but we're going to take a break. We're going to get through as many as we can. But don't fear, Midday Madness, we are not going to finish at one. I want to hear all of you. So we've got about seven people on hold at the moment. We'll take a break. We'll get through as many as we can. If we don't get to you, do feel free to call toll-free 0800-150-811. We'll be back in a moment. Lots of people calling 0800-150-811. It's Midday Madness. It normally goes to one, but we're going to keep cranking it because we've got some great calls, which I'm sure Braden will as well. G'day, Braden. G'day, how are you? Very well. Hey, I just was a bit confused. In the first half, we were down to 13 men, and the Irish had a scrum five metres out, and Yako Piper insisted we have to have eight in the scrum, so we, which made our backline short. They ended up knocking it on anyway, but then in the second half, Irish were down to 14 and they were scrumming with seven. Is, am I missing something there? Yeah, I'm missing something there as well, which is why I want some clarification on that. Hopefully we'll get uh, one of the referees' bosses on later today. Still haven't heard back from them, unfortunately, but I need clarification on that as well because it was it was news to me. Because Yeah, I wonder if it was something to do with the red card or something. And I'll just touch on game plan as well. Like we were running from our 20... 20, 30 metres out from our own line, going nowhere, and then, like other people have been saying, they'll do a high kick. But their fullback was taking it. There was no one within five metres of him. So it was just easy pickings for him all day. Like, why don't they kick lower for the corners, put some pressure, play some territory? Because, like, we've, statistically, we had no possession 
or territory, why don't we try to play down their end of the field? It's just simple. Yeah, with no chases, I almost felt like our chasers didn't even know the kick was coming, and they were like, "Oh, it's gone!" And then we couldn't we couldn't put any pressure on the kick receiver, could we? No, and you're also saying it's playing people out of position. Like in the first game, they scored Barrett at six, which we won, and he played well. But he's one of the best locks in the world. Why not keep him at lock? And then you've got either Retellick or Whitelock on the bench. So if someone does get injured, you've got a ready replacement. Yeah, lots and of... give someone like Hoskins the tutu a go. Like they're going on about needs a mongrel. He's a good ball runner. Yeah, hundred percent. Awesome call, Braden. Thanks, buddy. We've got to push on, and we're going to Zaid. G'day, Zaid, your champion. Yeah, g'day, Staffy. Um, yeah, hopefully your money's not going too bad. Um, on the All Blacks, um, I know we say don't scrutinise the referees, but Yako Piper, what was he up to as well? He was shucking cards out like confetti. He even gave Ireland one, gave the All Blacks three. Um, he was giving, he couldn't stop blowing his whistle. Um, and then I don't even know, I don't even think the All Blacks, I think he confused the All Blacks as well. Um, taking Adi Savir off and then knowing, oh no, we can't bring him back on. And then they even had a 15 on the field. You guys should know that you can't have 15 on the field with a red card. How long have the All Blacks been playing rugby for now? Those mm. guys, about 20, 15, 20 years. You should be able to know that. You can't have 15 players on the... you got a red card, but it's, that was accidental. They both got knocked out. Should have just said it's at least a yellow or no, um, a penalty to Ireland and that's it. Not a red card. And even um, even the Offutunga Fussy one was pretty... Um, it wasn't that good either, really, you know? It was quite uh, quite average. But even when the All Blacks had the ball, they just didn't even want the ball. They just never had it. And... On the coaches, I know we sh- I know we shouldn't, but too much of the old boys' network keep recycling them. We, we need to freshen up. You yeah. know, you go from Henry, you go from Henry to Hanson, and I think that was enough. And then you've also got Foster now, and he's never been good. Apparently, with the, I don't know about his record much of the Chiefs, but I don't think it was good either. Um, and we know who the best coach in New Zealand is, and if you're not going to pick him soon, he's going to leave. And that's that's Scott Robinson. Even I can. Even I felt how good he is that final this year against the Blues. The Blues couldn't do anything against them. And then even what about his NPC days with Canterbury? Mm. Every year he's been in a final, he's never lost a final. And next year, if we're in the World Cup, mate, we've got no chance of Ian Foster and Sam Kane as captain. There's no chance. They might not even make the semis or the quarters. I don't think France will win, but we've got no chance. I reckon it's going to be someone like an Ireland or someone that could win the World Cup next year, but the way it's looking, and look, also Wales beat South Africa, so it was a real bad weekend for the Southern Hemisphere. And um, luckily, it could have been real bad this weekend. If the Black Caps lost to Ireland, mate, it would have been real bad. <laughs> I stayed up for all of it, and Michael Bracewell, luckily, pulled through. It was looking real bad there. But um, to get 24 off that last over as well, I've never seen batting like it. It was a real good game, though. Um, that Kirk Camp for... Ireland absolutely ripped uh, Martin Guptill's stump, stump out the ground but um, yeah luckily and then also um, that young guy from Ireland got a nice 100 uh, it's that Harry Ticker but it was a great game and um, good to see uh, uh, Craig McMillan doing some great commentary and just luckily pulling the boys home but it would have been real bad losing to Ireland and cricket for the first ever time they were ranked 11 from where ranked first that just wouldn't have been real good good on you for finding a silver lining with the black caps eh? we've got to scoot because we've got to take one more break before the news but always good to hear from you back in a tick Mark Stafford kicking back and talking sport all afternoon it's Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ
Uh, couldn't get through all the calls to one. That's why we're extending midday madness till as long as we need. Uh, thanks to Keith and Graham who are holding on, but we'll get to you straight after the news. And we will be giving a $50 TAB bonus bet uh, for the caller of midday madness, which will it hopefully, well, I think it will extend to two hours. Uh, fantastic calls this hour. And do remember, we are going to have Murray Mexted on. And he's a man that sees the game. Uh, so very well. Wonderful All Black and of course he's set up his academies around the world and I remember quite some time ago, quite some time ago he flagged that the rest of the world would catch us if we didn't keep innovating, didn't keep recreating and it looks like the world's caught up now. A lot more innovation and I, I touched on Andy Farrell coming from the league background. You've got to be brave with these decisions, you know? Brenda McCullum coaching England. England cricket were brave. There's a traditional outfit, similar to New Zealand rugby. They were brave, went outside the square, and what have they done? Four wins in a row, changed the way they play the game. Maybe we need to look at doing something like that. We'll be back after the news. Here to get you through your workday, this is Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Welcome back in 0800 150 The lines are going to stay open. Really keen on your thoughts. We've had some brilliant ones in the first hour and we'll keep it going. A $50 TAB bonus bid up for the best call until we shut it down. But I don't want to shut it. If you want to talk till four, I'll talk till four. Well, I'll listen till four. We're going to the mighty Manawatu and we talk to Keith. G'day, Keith. Hey, Stevie. How are you? Thanks for hanging on, buddy. No, it's all right. I'm just sitting around the back of Massey, your old stamping ground. So, yeah, very <laughs> exciting. Worst places to be. Yeah, it could be. It's raining. Hey, um, yeah, just my observation of Saturday, you know, despite all the cards and everything, um, I think we've got an issue where we've had the same coaches there for probably the last eight to ten years. And players these days, their attitude changes, like over the years, you'd notice back in the say the 2000s the players approach to now is totally different and on Saturday we sort of got back into the game at half time but after half time we came out flat and the virus just came straight at us so I'm wondering what was said in that changing room did the players just switch off or take no notice yeah I wonder who's there getting in their grill you know like a like the Kieran Reeds and the and the Richie McCaws and in the current squad, I'm thinking Dane Coles is pro- and Sam Whitelock, who both weren't there for differing reasons. It's just like the des- – I mean, they were still quite good in defence. They hung in and hung in, and they probably should have been beaten by more. So they did hang in there. But I, I was looking around the field watching who's the game changer, and it just didn't happen. Yeah, no one wanted to step up and say, take that ball and just go with it and – you know, say, look, we've got to get stuck into these blokes because, yeah, they were giving it to us and we just let back, sat back and let it happen. 
Yeah. You know what I would have liked? I would have liked, and I don't know if you remember Paul Surinan from the Belmain Tigers. I, just get one of our locks or our big units from the forward pack and just get them steaming, a, a bit like Bunty Afoa does for the Warriors, and just steam. And the crowd would lift and the team would lift, but it was all this one-off straight ahead, one-off straight ahead, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. And then, you know, we'd pass the ball and one out and someone would drop it and the momentum was gone again. And we just had no no leader to follow, really. Mm, geez. Didn't say that when they had about six or seven of them on there. Yeah. Ireland didn't miss a tackle, did they? Geez, they were good. In our face. Yeah, and as for their blindside flanker, you'd have him anywhere the way he plays. Oh, even kicked a 50-22. Jeepers. Yeah. <laughs> awesome, Keith. Yeah. Cheers, buddy. Cheers, mate. Have a good day. You too. Keith out of Manawatu. We go to our good friend, Graham from the Wairarapa. G'day, Graham. First thing, geographical check-in. Where are you? Uh, oh, you just cut out. Say it again. Missed it again. Hey, mate. Lower hut. Oh, lower hut. Good on you, champion. What? What's your observations? All good. Um, this card situation has just become an absolute fiasco. Um, and I really enjoyed the fact that Eddie Jones had a right spray. I don't know whether you saw that on TV the other day. He's had a right go at, um, at World Rugby about it. Um, he, um, he, he certainly vented his frustrations. Um, but I just like, you look at the, the All Blacks last week, um, Foster wasn't in, in sight, and Smith was there doing the covering, and I, I seemed to like his temperament. Um, and look how well we went. Uh, comes back and look what happened. I'm wondering if yeah, I, like, part of that is it because it was Joe Smith or is it because there was a new voice? Exactly that. Mm. Mm. A very good one. Yeah, a very, very good one. And it, all it takes is the odd little suggestion and the odd little sentence and it can change things, can't it? Mm. And something I've been meaning to bring up with you for a couple of weeks now, Steph, um, you know, how wounds run deep. And uh, when you're from our uh, own green and white hometown, um, we've both got a very bad Ranfurly Shield memory. <laughs> so why does the Northland Rugby Union go and call their stadium Seminoff? Oh, no. I didn't know I that. Know that Stadium, you've got to be joking. Thanks. <laughs> it's a dig at us, Graham. It is. Yeah. Thanks for calling, buddy. Enjoy Lower Hut. Yep. Good on you. There's Graham out of Wairarapa. We go head back to Auckland. We talk to Tony. G'day, Tony. Yeah. Kia ora, boys. Kia ora. Kia ora. All right. Problem is, there's not enough Marys in the team. That's the problem, <laughs> and they'll prove that. And they'll prove that tomorrow. I heard an interesting thing uh, in the weekend, and it was that Ireland will probably, probably try and play their starting fifteen all the way to eighty minutes because their squad's not big enough to, and they don't really want to risk their test players with such a price scalp on this on the line on Saturday. Now I'm not making an excuse for them, but that's the very real proposition that their players are going to have to play just about the whole game. It's it's ripe for the Māori to take, but if the All Blacks can take something out of the Māori performance from their last game, it's heart, it's hunger, it's passion, it's caring, it's all of that, isn't it? Because we see that in spades when the Māori play. 
well, that's that's what the, the All Blacks are missing. They're missing that passion. Um, you can see that in their play. I mean, the last, last week they, they rolled over them and I think they thought it was just going to happen again. It's, it's, it's the old cliche in rugby, isn't it? Mm. You know, you get that mindset and you haven't got that same energy and and go for it as you have the week before. It's, it's the old cliche, but um, I, I reckon we need an 80-minute captain. Yes. That's always been my theory in rugby ever since I was growing up. Is you, you don't have an 80-minute captain. I mean, it's hardly ever worked. Oh, shit for Buck Shelford, of course, but he just got injured all the time. <laughs> but, I mean, that's the only reason why he, why he didn't even go off the field, did he? But, I mean, he still stayed a captain. We're missing that grunt, and we're not getting it from Foster. He's, he's too soft. Mm. He's obviously too soft. You know, Hanson, obviously, he, Hanson wasn't uh, that hard a man, but he's obviously a bit more clued up than Foster. You too, get much, the f- too much Waikato boy in him. Yeah. Loves Sam Kane too much. You get the feeling that when Steve Hanson, even though he's quite quietly spoken, he is that sort of guy. He says something, you listen, you react. And I don't know if Ian Foster has got that mana around him in that team. Well, I heard a, I heard a little story about Sam Kane back in the day when he was a new All Black mm-hmm. from a very reliable source. I won't say who, um, but he's he's definitely in the over fifties New Zealand cricket team. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, hey, um, I don't know if you want to hear it. Do, do we want to hear it? Uh, no swearing and no slander. No, nah, it's no swearing. No, nah, it's no swearing. He was in Queenstown one night, apparently, and um, he was driving somewhere. He got pulled up, and the cop knew who he was, and he let him off, and he was over the limit. That's what mm-hmm. I heard. Uh, if the cop hadn't let him off, uh, he wouldn't be all black captain today, that's for sure. Oh, there's a whole lot of candidates for All Black captains, but good to talk to you, Tony. There we go. Tony's one. He wants to change a captain. A lot of people want to change a captain. Probably their number one change would be coach, from what I am hearing and the swagger text messages we've got. We're going to chat to Cam. G'day, Cam. Yeah, g'day, Steph. How are you? Oh, licking my wounds a bit, mate. Why aren't we all? Yeah. <laughs> I, look, I just want to say something here. So, um, going back to the... Off a Tuanga Fati red card. Now, you know, I, um, to be honest, I've never actually played the game of rugby competitively uh, due to the way I was born. But I've always loved watching rugby and that sort of thing. Mm. Now, you know, a red card, you know, if he had actually hit butted a joker, you know, intentionally, Red card, fair enough. That's, you know, mongrel play shouldn't be in the game. That's, uh, that's you know, where I see it. But a, um, you know, a mishap or, you know, a lack of judgment where it's um, not intentional and that sort of thing, you know, where is the common sense in referees nowadays? They're not allowed to use common sense. They're not allowed to use interpretation very much at all. The instruction is if there's head contact, it starts at red and goes back. And they couldn't go back because accidental wasn't part of the rugby law as set down by World Rugby. So he was he was stuffed. He had to send him off by uh, his employer's instruction. Yeah, I understand that. But, I mean, like, there has to be a review into that rule. I mean, like, the cards are coming out you know, like uh, coming out of fashion, you know, I mean, there's going to be a point in time, and it's coming very soon, 
said, there won't be a game of international footy where there are no colours whatsoever, whether it be yellow or red. I'm with you because there's seldom one now. There is seldom one now. We'll probably see as many yellow cards in rugby as we do see in football. And look, I, I know it's completely off topic and that, but how good was Shane Van Gisbergen on the weekend? I mean, that guy is just in the peak of his career and he's just going from strength to strength. Yeah, mate, he, he could drive a sane man crazy. He is that good, Shane Van Gisbergen. Amazing, you know, like how he um, took that, you know, in the last quarter yesterday just at his stride. Um, now, okay, whether or not he should have just sped off and taken the taken the chicken flag first, that's debatable. Mm. But uh, no, it was great to see that the officials in the supercars were prepared to say, okay, look, he's, um, you know, he obviously would have got on that first if he hadn't been. You know, nudged in the back by um, that Shelby racing car. Yep, still always silver linings in New Zealand sport, even if the All Blacks lose, and you've spotted one. Shane Vangers, awesome call. Thanks, Cam. No worries, mate. There he is, Cam. A little bit, little bit miffed. I think it's fair to say we go to Christchurch. Talk to Mark. G'day, buddy. How you going, Steffi? Yeah, all right, mate. All right, another day. Yeah, hey, um, I just, I just want to, like, all the all the stuff on social media and and on the radio dishing old uh, Sam Kane, you know, our All Black captain. I, I just think he gets a real hard hard time of it, mate. Um, and, and not warranted, you know, just just because he's mates with old with Forster and that, you know, God. But um, like I watched him on, so I watched the last two tests. Test matches, I really, you know, he, I, I paid special attention to him, and mate, he just does all the dirty stuff and all that, and and mm. you know, he's always had a hard act to follow, you know, because I think wasn't Richie McCaw the All Black flanker and captain before him? Yep. Was yep. he? Yeah. And, the, and how, the, thing, how, the thing, how hard is that to follow? Oh, really hard, really, really hard. You the don't, thing, you don't do it, do you? No, and he's probably the easiest target to criticise because he is the captain and he's not as good as Richie McCall, which no seven ever has been. He's not devoid of criticism. He doesn't always play fantastically, but I feel like, I guess I feel a bit the same as you. Like, I think he cops more criticism than what's justified. Some criticism, yes, but not the weight of criticism on him. Yeah, 100%, mate. You know, um, yeah, so there's that. And obviously, the sending that prop off. That that it's just ridiculous, you know. Rugby rules, God, no rugby rules are no common sense, you know. Mm. Just and the winger, the winger that went up for the ball that was told if he had to had his hands up and his arms up in the air with the charge down, if he had to had his arms up in the air and and, and caught that joker's shoulder and, and side of his head in his rib cage and potentially broke his ribs, he would have been all right. He wouldn't have got sent off, you know, sunburned. It's just, you know, I, God, I, 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 I never saw a wide enough shot of that charge down, but watching the replay, and again, I'm happy to be proven wrong, but when he took off for the charge down, from where he was to where the guy kicked it, he was never going to charge that down. 
And I just feel like New Zealand rugby players haven't adjusted to the new edict, whether you agree with world rugby or not. I don't feel like they've adjusted as quickly as some other teams. Like when he's running up there and he sees he's going to kick it, I know it's only a split second, but am I actually going to get this or am I going to get myself in trouble? And it's making the right decision there. He was never going to charge that down from what I saw. Yeah, I... Oh, uh, I, I, I didn't really pay that much attention, Steffi. But you know, like I just I, what I what did get me was when the ref said if you had had your arms up in the air, you know, mm. and 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 not protecting your 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 rib cage and and all that, mm. it, that's just natural that you drop your arms to protect to, you know to yeah, protect you your body and to brace yourself but, yeah. and things like that. Look, I I spoke. Uh, anonymously to three referees after that test match during yesterday and to a man they all said we don't agree with a lot of the rules that we are made to enforce they would like to have a little bit more that was accidental it's still a penalty or it's a yellow but forced to do red when they actually don't think it's the right thing to do so I do feel for the referees uh, they're painted into a corner because if they doesn't red card him, he would be sanctioned by World Rugby for not doing and not carrying out the rules as laid down to them to carry out. Yeah. Mm. No, hey, but just, you know, people around, just lay off Sam Kane, you know, give the man a brilliant chance. You know, he, he's not going to, they're not going to change the All Black captain. He's not going to, he's not like Forster could resign and then they'd have to put in a new coach. The All Black captain doesn't resign, you know. Yeah. He's not going to say, I'm not playing rugby no more, you know. So just if people could just lay off him a wee bit, eh? Mm. He, he might just say, I don't want a captain anymore, I just want to play. I mean, I, there was a there was a Warriors captain did that, if I remember rightly. Um, I think, yeah, Simon Mannering stepped away from being captain. He said, I just want to play, and they respected that. Yeah. Not, but... Would Sam Kane play better without the captaincy armband? Personally, I don't think it really affects him. He quite likes being the leader, and players I know that play with him like him being the leader. We're not getting results on the pitch, but I think I think we've got to think a little bit deeper than just just blaming the captain and Sam Kane because he's not Richie McCall, which Peter Omani reminded him of on the field of play. But no, good call, Mark. Very good call. Thanks for chiming in. Cheers, mate. There he is, Mark, out of Christchurch, 0800 150 811. Do feel free to call. Uh, we have a clear board, so if you want to ring, you'll be first through after the ad break. If you don't ring, I have truckloads of text messages and some really interesting ones. But Midday Madness is always about phone calls first, text messages second. 0800 150 811, back in a tick. Get ready for a workday pick-me-up. This is Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Coming into the one thirty news, but with time to get through three calls, I think. A couple of minutes each. Let's go to Tim in Christchurch. G'day, Tim. Hey, Steady. How you going? Good, thanks, bud. Good, good. I just, uh, I'm just so concerned about what where we're heading towards the World Cup. You know, like we're just, we're not putting combinations out in the park. We're changing everything week by week. You know, trying to play a game of rugby with three sevens on the field. You know, three. You know, two converted. Loose forwards. We just got to. We just got to get some sort of consistency going. We've got to pick people in their best position, and if that means that you know we've got to sacrifice Artie Savera or Sam Kane to the bench for a bit, then you know we need we need to do it because I mean playing three sevens like we did on Saturdays 
it's just a joke and we're never going to get any go for it. No, they, they lacked a bit of presence that we saw from Scott Barrett, that Peter Gus could have given us, that Hoskins Satutu could have given us. We we, we missed yep. that physical presence. Yeah, and I mean, if that means, you know, I, I think the, the last call is right. We've got to get behind Sam Kane if he's going to be the guy, but I just don't know why they would name him as captain when he's coming back from injury and he's got all sorts of other things going on. Give the guy a break, get him in the team, but don't have that added responsibility of being captain, whether or not, you know, everybody wants him to be captain or not. You know, I'm, he, he should be the first. The captain should be the first name on the team sheet. And for me, he's he's definitely not that. You know. Yeah. Good shout. Good shout, Tim. Our, our, our game plan from one week to the next just doesn't change ever. You know, like the, the only thing we did slightly differently last week was we spun it out a bit. We used Aaron Smith's pass and we spun it out a bit further. And then we come into the next game and, and we think that Ireland weren't going to watch the tape and go, oh, hold on, this is what they did last week, so let's make sure we stop that. You know, where were the chips in behind or the little grubber kicks to, to break down that rush defence? It's just we've been doing the same thing since the 2019 World Cup and it didn't work then and it ain't going to work for the next one. Yep, well rounded out, Tim. I really appreciate your call, buddy. Thanks for doing that. Cheers, mate. Tim for Christchurch, salient points. Uh, we go to Tyson now. G'day, Tyson. Hey, Steffi, how are you, mate? Good, thanks, buddy. Hey, but I, I just wonder if we play enough. Like, we play a whole lot of super, like a whole lot of super rugby, and I just wonder if, like, up in the north, they're playing a, a gang of, of internationals throughout the year, and they're in that high-pressure environment all the time. Like, the Six Nations, is, you, can't, you can't drop games, and you're, you're playing at a high intensity all the time. And I wonder if, like, with, with our super... Are our players getting conditioned enough to be under those conditions on a regular basis? Mm. And, I, and I also think, too, that, like, the physicality thing that everyone's been talking about, now, South Africa used to be one of the most physical teams um, that we used to come up against, and we'd get that physicality from them in the Super as well. Someone... Wow. Have we still got you there, Tyson? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still here, mate. Yeah, that was... Uh, that was freaky. That was, that was, that was yeah, up. that was out the world, mate. <laughs> that was aliens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mate, they're, they're, they're tuning in, mate. They're tuning they in. Um, <laughs> Let's see Irish camp. <laughs> yeah, mate, jeez. Yeah, so, look, I'm just wondering if... This, from a super rugby level, you know, having the, that, that physical kind of test that the South African teams used to... Um, bring on a weekly basis to our players has sort of worked against us now where that physicality, we're not used to it, we're not conditioned to it, we're not sort of breeding ourselves around that kind of physicality that we used to get um, from, a, from a super level. And I think that combined with, you know, the strategy or, or, or the belief in the game plan that our, that our players are, are being told to use, like it's frustrating seeing a skillful Moanga and, and knowing how skillful our Bodine Barrett is and knowing how skillful our players are and not seeing them deliver that when you're watching, going, mate, he's playing below par. Mm. Like, like, you're watching these guys going, you're, you're better than that. Like, you're, you're, much, you're much better than that. And to see them not play to what we're expecting them to play is, is frustrating and, and, it, and it's a bit scary too to know that these players aren't, playing how they should be in, in that jersey mm. um, and whether that's
got to do with the belief in the plan from the coach and, 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 and the coaching staff. And like I look around at, at say, like the English cricket team, for example, and you could say to a point the English rugby team. Mm. Now, they've appointed coaches from outside of their own kind of national setup. You know, they went, you know, the, the, the English test team, they got, you know, young Brendy in there. Um, the English rugby team, they got Eddie in there and, and John Mitchell, I think, was there for, for a bit as well. So they went in search for answers. They went actively looking for something a little bit outside the box, yeah. something that's not quite traditional. And maybe we have to sort of swallow our pride a little bit and look outside the box, whether we go into different codes, like some of these, these NRL coaches or league coaches, and just see if we can adjust some of these lines that we're running. And Man, I'm, not, I'm, I'm watching Sexton, and he's got flipping five or six options on a sweeping play. And that's down the short side. And I'm thinking, no wonder our, our defense is just getting eaten up. No, our defenders don't know who's getting the ball. And that's the beauty of having options as runners. He's got two or three front door runners. He's got a back door runner. And they're all purposely running lines to bite a defender in to create space. Mm-hmm. And whether we need to look elsewhere for creativity around how we attack um, is something that... I, I, I think is, is just a little bit missing. Um, but I think all of those things combined is it's pretty scary. It's pretty scary looking forward. And, you know, if we don't kind of look to actively seek the answers, mate, these problems will, will, will just sort of hang around for a bit. Yeah, Big yeah. problems, Tyson. Hey, love chatting to you today, Tyson. Don't be a stranger. I've got to escape to news, but I love the point you made about the physicality that the South African opposition, it's a really, really good point well made. Thanks for joining in, buddy, and uh, we will talk again. That's Tyson. Great call. Uh, we're going to take new sport and weather now, and we'll be back with Dave from Palmy. Welcome back in. Uh, just gone one thirty. The dinner man with your new sport and weather for the rest of the day. That's kind of cool. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. We're going to catch up with Paul Mowry from the TAB very shortly. But first, Dave from Palmy. G'day, Dave. G'day, Sassy. Hey, first of all, don't believe anything they tell you from the TAB. There was a reason they gave out that uh, bonus bet for thirteen plus last week. You've been in that job, you know. <laughs> hey, uh, that's why they do it. That's why they do it. Yeah. Look, um couple of things. The referee from the first week to the second week was horrendous. That, that referee in the first game, he did look at things and said, he told the TMO, there's nothing to look at here after one, one view of it. And he made a decision, he got on with it. And you didn't hear about the referee. This morning we're hearing about the referee because he wanted to be important, blow the whistle for all the wrong reasons. You know, they, So they can make a decision in their own mind, whether they get sanctioned or not. They're going to get sanctioned if they make a bad decision. So they're in a rock and a hard place. Sam Kane, I think he's getting a raw deal. Um, he's not the best number seven, so he shouldn't be playing at number seven. I think we need to go back to playing our best players in their best positions. Like Artie, he's not even an eight. He's a seven. Put him at, put him at seven. Put you know, uh, Gus Sokola at, at eight. 
You know, it's, we didn't we didn't have Buck playing at six or Buck playing at seven. Richie McCaw, once in a lifetime generation player, he could play. He could probably play first five or halfback. Mm-hmm. He'd be brilliant. You know, we haven't got that luxury. The other thing is, Staffy, I think it was 2014 when uh, we played South Africa and the lead changed about 11 times. Mask order try was um, just one boot on. Now, if you look at the crowd that day, I'll tell you who was in the crowd. Bomber Lancaster, who was the coach of England, and Andy Farrell. Since that day, right, this is, you know, we're going back eight years. He was the defence coach against when we lost against the Lions. He was the defence coach when we lost against England. And he's been involved with the Irish setup the whole time. So he, you know, he knows what he's doing. A couple of months ago, you were asking who we could have in. And I said Sean Edwards. And that, look how good France is. Yes. You know, I, I disagree with um, Zade. I, I think France will win the World Cup. So do I. Primarily, they've got home advantage. You know, <laughs> that that's the reason they'll win. I'm not sure of the draw, but I could see definitely see an Ireland-France final. That they're... they're at the moment, they're light years in front of us, um, and they're being innovative. They're going to come with a different game plan on Saturday, and I'm going to that game, and I'm coming with all my Irish mates, which is going to be a hard old night, I can tell you. Oh, will it ever. Will it ever. Awesome to chat yeah. to you, buddy. Thanks but, for calling in. Oh, yeah. One other thing. Yep. Steffi, Steve Elker, he did all right for New Zealand this weekend as well as Gisberg. <sighs> he was third in that senior players. He's, he's having a stellar year, absolutely stellar year. He's relentless, isn't he? Oh, yeah, no, he's good. He's good. You know, it must be when you chat turn 50 and then you start winning a whole lot of money. Mm. Yeah, geez, I wouldn't mind doing okay. that. Good yeah, on you, buddy. Happy. Thanks for chatting to us. Yeah. We're going to the TAB. With No, we're not. Oh, we're not. Oh, we're going to Steve first. G'day, Steve. Oh, thanks, thanks for taking me, mate. Um, that's oh. awesome. Mate, so much to unpack, eh? <laughs> <Brilliant>. <laughs> Mate, it's, it's a lucky dip. You pick in and there's a subject. There's so many subjects that we can talk about. Oh, mate, I, I reckon times like this is the best radio ever because the, the, emo, the emotion comes out of the, out of the woodwork. It's almost, you know, you do chuckle because, man, at the end of the day, it is, it is just a game. People just never never forget that. Um, but maybe maybe not so much in this country, mate. Um Listen, in terms of analysis, um, but just before I do, your previous caller who mentioned getting a... I thought he was a very good caller, you know, getting maybe a league person in. It's quite interesting that um, Scott Robertson is often seen with uh, Craig Bellamy. So, hey, I just leave you with leave you with that thought. So I would imagine um, coaches of that ilk are already having those sort of conver- conversations. But in terms of out-and-out analysis... Bernard Jackson this morning, I think it might have been just after seven, he might have been on with Izzy and Kempe. That's probably some of the best analysis I've ever heard. Um, it, it, it was precise, it was to the point. If you watch, the, and, and full credit to Ireland, tactically, we we got out, we pretty much got out coached on the weekend, very much like uh, we did in Dublin last year, and it's basically happened again a year later. And that's full credit to, to Andy Farrell, where he's gone away looked at specific game plans and he's got a clear... I think the Irish players have got a clear plan on where they want to play the game. If you look at uh, Jamison Gibson Park, he was pumping high kicks in between 10-metre mark and 10-metre mark and 10-metre mark 22 because you make those contestable kicks. Even if the All Blacks get them, 
you can actually still keep your defensive line. When you actually kick from inside your 22 down the tram line, it's actually a little bit more difficult to defend because if, if the kick's gone too far, hence the fullback can attack. So, man, just the analysis was just pretty much on point. Awesome, Steve. I uh, love your passion for rugby, mate. And you uh, call a spade a spade and you can see what's good and what's not. And uh, thanks for ringing up and sharing it, buddy. Yep, no worries, mate. Steve, out of Auckland. Uh, more, more, more calls after the break. Give us a yell, 0800 150 811. All the afternoon delight you'll ever need. It's Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Uh, quarter to two. Quarter to two. A reminder in about half an hour we'll have Murray Mixted on the former All Black and uh, a great thinker of the game. But you're still welcome to give us a yell. 0800 150 811. So many great calls. Uh, we're going to Taranaki now and we join John. Uh, g'day, John. Hey, Steffi. How are we doing? Oh, not quite as well <laughs> as you probably, my friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well... Well, I won't get too excited. I can tell you for a fact that people in Ireland aren't. Um, like the, the depth is here for years in, in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. The depth is here. Ireland, and, and what it has shown up really, I suppose, is the coaching difference. Andy Farrell has continued the great, what Joe Schmidt has, self-belief. And they had the depth. They only do what they can do with the players in Ireland. But there should be no excuses for in New Zealand, really. They're a national sport. You know, it's, so it show, it's highlighted the difference in coaching now. That was, and that's what it has really. It really has. Cause Andy I'm... Farrell, like they'll go to the end of the earth and back as one commentator said there for Farrell. You know. Yeah, if those two teams but, uh, swap coaches, what do you reckon would happen? Oh, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Well, let's just see coaching. I think Foster's it's the, it's outdated coaching. It's it's from the year of which 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 was successful. Obviously, it was great. But as a lot of people said, Robbie has moved on worldwide. I think it's that that what's different. I think is Andy Farrell's brought in around the, is league league that Robbie league style. It's and the players have brought bought into it and believe in it because it works, mate. It works. It works. Mm. The players believe it. Like a uh, question I have is oh, obviously is. Do they have that belief in Foster in the squad? There's one or two, you know, players. It's 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 outdated. Some of them have been there since Henson's time, I suppose. Mm. And they've, I think they're like you're listening to the same tune for the last couple of years inside the dressing room. Yeah, well, that wears off after a while. Yeah, and Henson learned off Henry. uh, Foster learned off Henson, and now Foster's in there. So that maybe we've been stuck in a little bit of tradition because it used to work, but 69% win ratio for Ian Foster suggests it might be changed for either him to change and have the opportunity to change and get a bit more innovative. Um, I don't know, but yeah, it it looks like a stagnant game plan against an innovative game plan is what I'm watching. Yeah, and, and France for sure are the dark horses. Um, they, they have a, they have a savage squad. The style of rugby they're playing mm. uh, for the final. Brilliant, yeah. John. Okay, buddy. Great chatting, buddy. Have a bit. Take care, buddy. Awesome, mate. There is John. I tell you what, we've got so many text messages. I'm going to take a break now, and we'll have a real good crack at them before two o'clock. So stick around. There's some beauties. Mark Stafford, kicking back and talking sport all afternoon. It's Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ.
Yeah, it was great to hear Isaac Boss on the run home on Thursday, wasn't it? Uh, the former Irish international. Uh, right, some text messages. I'm going to try and read them the order they came in. Hey, Staffy and Sam, another question for a rugby ref is why the need for eight players in Golden Oldies scrum but no such obligation when it's fully contested with the recent focus on player safety. It seems a bit backwards. Yeah, that's one note uh, I've got. If we do get a referee on, we still haven't heard back from New Zealand rugby about getting someone to clarify that, but uh, they're going to be a lot more transparent and accessible. Uh, They told us in their strategy papers. So uh, hopefully we'll get a rugby referee on. Um, Sam, have you got an update? Yeah, I do. Um, no, it's it's a bit of a process because they they're trying to check with World Rugby to get clarification from them. Okay. Um, and then, but obviously they're all in different time zones and stuff, so they are very willing to come on, but it's just trying to sort it all out. All right. Um, hey, Staffy, what do you reckon about the New Zealand Maori thirteen plus at the juicy five dollars, especially with the bonus back offer, uh, Steve? I don't mind that because, as I mentioned in the last hour, it sounds like. Ireland are going to try and uh, use the starting 15 as deep as they can because they're going to have to have some test players involved and they want to save them for the final test at Sky Stadium in Wellington. So, uh, yeah, I could easily see New Zealand Māori with the full complement getting a, a couple of late tries in that sort of last 10 minute when the... 10 minutes? 10 minute? Uh, the last 10 minutes when the fatigue's starting to hit, especially the big boys in the Irish. So, yeah, I think $5 as well worth a sniff, mate, uh, especially on the bonus back. Uh, morning, guys. From Brian. Uh, outcoached, outthought, outpositioned, outskilled in every department. No excuses. No blaming the ref. We never look like it. We aren't there at the moment. Well done, Ireland. Cheers from Brian. Yep, we were completely outdone. And the fact that we only won, uh, we only lost by eight, um, we, we did defend quite stoutly, I thought, given how much possession and territory Ireland had, but they, they were always going to win that game. Um, hi, guys. Uh, you want Mungrel in the All Blacks. Drop Cody Taylor out of the 23 and start with Coles. Here's the Mungrel. And drop Kane and make Artie our captain. He's our best player and our best number seven, so play him there and drop the coaches. <laughs> Gary from Wanganui. Here's something from Nick. We have the most epic line speed on attack. Let's get Roger in with some second-man play options. Work very well for the Warriors when we are guys in space and speed. It is making a little bit of a farce of the Roger Tuivasa-Shek selection, isn't it, that um, he hasn't featured at all. I'll be hugely surprised if he's featured in this third test on the bench or starting. If he is, good on you, but I don't see it. I think Havili will come back in and Tapai will probably go to the bench. That's, that's sort of my early guess. He was put in there as an apprentice. He was put in there to learn the systems and the shapes, which is fine, but it's now hurting us with when you see... Um, Haveli ruled out it would have been nice to have Roger there and you watch Alex Nankerville go in the Māori game you watch him go uh, don't need that one Staffy if Razor got in I think he'd make a captain change Grizz Wiley dropped Buck but I said last week the best thing Kane can do is win games fixes a lot of ills doesn't it Nick it fixes a heap of ills from Brett stop blaming the refs the Northern Hemisphere teams don't seem to don't seem to have a problem. Uh, 
Yeah, I, I looked up the cards that were given away. England have uh, given away, I think they've had four yellows off the top of my head. Did all my research yesterday, left the pad at home. What a dick. Uh, another one from Brett. The coaching staff have nothing to say at half time, so we need to put more attention on the players. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, we've got 100 test veterans out there who probably don't need to be told or shouldn't have to be told that things need to improve. Um, you would never have seen the disrespect that Omani showed with Brad Thorne and the team. Where was the response? Like what happened to Quaid? There is, there is softness in this team. Yeah, we, we took a lot of lip. We took a lot of um, aggression and didn't seem to give much back. Uh, from Scott, hockey have a green card, which is two minutes off. Yellow card can be five or ten. Then a red card is the full game. Maybe rugby could adopt a ten and twenty minute yellow card. Leave the red for someone doing a spear tackle or punching, etc. Yep, the headbutt, the non-accidental, intentional, dirty play, red. You won't get any arguments from anyone. And that won't be a ref ruining a game. That'll be a player for being a thug. And I agree. There's potentially room for another another card and another way of dishing out this discipline. Uh, get, there's got to be room for accidental versus intentional. And both are getting red. And that's wrong. Hi, staff. Here's Fozzie's test record. 16 wins from 23 games. We've beaten Argentina three times, Australia five times, Fiji twice, Italy, Tonga, USA, South Africa, Wales and Ireland, all with just the one. Sobering. Hey, staff. Great show, mate. Our supporters are so proud and loyal, which is great. But we've been banging on for years about how we want the game to grow and the others are catching up now. Uh, now, they do... We do all the winning and are car- uh, whining and carrying on like we've lost everything. We have had one good game, one average game this year. Get a grip, fellas. We will win by 20 this week. Go the Blacks! Brendan, from our good friends at Paramount Fencing. Need your fencing requirements? Google Paramount Fencing. And one more quickly. Uh, the All Blacks shall clear uh, shall dare not take the advice or gameplay from rugby league even though as stated most international teams in both capacities of attack and defense it's almost like we'd be bound down but i don't think so i think it's innovation and i think it's needed we'll join you after the news with the dinner man here to get you through your work day this is Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Is Ian Foster getting the best out of the All Blacks? Are we getting the best out of New Zealand rugby? Are we seeing the best? How long since we saw the best? The best of you. Are we wild? Are we wild? Some more text messages. And a reminder, in about uh, 10 to 12 minutes, we're going to have uh, the great man Murray Mixstead joining the show to get his take. 
And uh, let's just see if he echoes some of these sentiments. Hey, staff, bring on 2027. I'll tell you what, I would have rather the Irish ref that took control of the Aussie game. Definitely think Yako was smoking the piper <laughs> before the game. Yako paper. Uh, Ireland just played the smarter game and played the ref better. And that's game management, which we're lacking. It is part of game management. Staffy, something needs to be done about the offside line. The Irish were up too quickly, so we kicked a lot. We need to stand deeper and have dummy runners. We seemed not to be able to change the game plan. The Irish played league and slowed the game down, and they were allowed to do it by the officials who aided them. Uh, who aided them? Yeah. Johnny Sexton had so much time on the ball because he was just. I don't know, was it a metre deeper, half a metre, like half a second? I remember talking to Bowden Barrett ages ago about the difference between Aaron Smith and um, other halfbacks when he gets service. And it was that, it was Dan Carter, sorry. And it was that uh, extra half to one second where you can prop a little bit, half a second longer for a decision, and it makes the halfback look better. Uh, sorry, the first five look better when you have a really efficient halfback. So... Stand a bit deeper, just like Johnny Sexton. Good point. All Blacks final 2023 World Cup pool opponent found. It is Namibia. <laughs> Michael, you're having a laugh. Um, hey, Staffy. Oh, I think I've read that one. I have read that one previously. Uh, Staffy, have a look at the 19 minute, 19.4 minutes in the game and Ioani's kick chase says it all, and I like the guy. That's from Frazy. Okay, I'm going to probably have a third watch of it um, tonight. Um, Very long text, therefore I need to go into the preview panel. Here it is. Foster's words are cheap. For the whole Foster tenure, there has not been back-to-back games where the All Blacks have been dominant, nor played at the level of the legacy before it. It's stutter and confusion and, quite frankly, a pathetic game plan. Look at Saturday night. For the first 20 minutes, we played aerial ping pong and still couldn't win that contest, giving them the field and territory advantage. There is no deception in the backs and no mongrel up front. Dane Coles needs to be in there. Watching Cody Taylor closely, he is doing very little apart from tucking the ball in after a line-out, which in turn went nowhere, giving their defensive pattern time. Foster forgets one thing. The fans. Good text, good text. Staffy, I wonder if World Rugby is running for cover with all these red cards for head clashes with the likes of Carl Heyman threatening legal action for the cause of his health issues. Whole new separate issue, isn't it? And uh, I do feel for Carl Heyman um, and the number of head knocks. And is it Steve Thompson in the UK has brought up um, legal proceedings as well? Uh, from Mark, hey Staffy, regarding the red card situation, it does seem a bit nutty with the no intent red card thing, but if intent is the criteria, do you think there is going to be a major problem with ref's interpretation? I can see there would be issues with the ref's deciding if the player did or didn't mean to offend on purpose. There's a lot of pressure on the referees, isn't there? If, like, and maybe that's why World Rugby have taken the... Um, uh, the referee's ability to decide intent or accidental, and that's why they've just gone carte blanche, head contact, red. Unless there's, they've slipped over and really ducked late, um, 
accident that's that's mitigating, but it will still be yellow. If you now empower the referees to say you choose if it's intentional or accidental, oh boy, we already have trouble uh, recruiting referees who do a magnificent job. No game without them. Hmm. God, I wouldn't want to be them. Staffy, it's pure insanity to think this group of players and management can right this sinking ship. Have people forgotten we also historically lost to Argentina? We are now in the realms of a historically bad All Blacks era. Playing three open sides as our loose trio? My God, we are terrible. The Old Boys Network is to blame for our average coaching appointments. If Foster had any self-respect, he'd quit knowing that him in the role is not in New Zealand rugby's best interests. Watching us trying to run the ball out of our 40 over and over again is like listening to the Benny Hill theme. The only All Black coach that's ever stood down, in my memory, was Wayne Smith. And uh, he just said, I don't want to be the head coach, but I'm more than happy to be assistant. And he probably went on, arguably, to be the greatest ever assistant coach the All Blacks have had. Stacey Jones offered the head coaching role, I just want to be an assistant, but I'll help you out for the rest of the year. It's knowing your strengths, isn't it? And I think that's the that's the point you make. Uh, hi, Staffy. Kieran Crowley recently labelled All Black supporters as arrogant, saying that they don't pay attention to rugby in other parts of the world. He said, France are World Cup favourites. They'll win it. I think Ireland are closely behind them. And then you're looking at South Africa and New Zealand. New Zealanders are arrogant to the rest of the world as far as the rugby side of things goes. There are some outstanding players in every team throughout the world. But you ask New Zealanders and they wouldn't know three quarters of the names of the French players at the moment. The All Blacks are not as good as we think we are. Carlos, I don't know that people think we are good anymore. That is the point. The one thing I'd say about Ireland, the only thing I think against them going deep in the World Cup is historically they haven't been a good tournament team. Um... They are currently like Australia were for a long, long time and that their top 15 or top 20 are world beaters, outstanding, class, can win any game. But to win a World Cup, you need about 35, not 20, to get your points differential up, escape high seedings and all that sort of thing. So that's the only thing against Ireland. If they can continually line up their top team for all, is it seven games you need to win for a World Cup? Um that seems to be what goes against Ireland as far as tournament play. Um, and I'm not talking Six Nations because sometimes you have to double up and it's in a condensed version. But um, that's just a taste of some of the text messages. Got a heap more. We're going to take a break. We're going to join Murray Mixted after the break. If you've got a pressing issue that hasn't been talked about or discussed so far this afternoon, I welcome in your messages on the Temper Bed Post text machine. Double eight double three questions for Murray Mixted. He'll join us after this. Get ready for a workday pick-me-up. This is Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Well, massive um, fallout, conversations, comments, criticism, the whole shebang uh, around this test match. And it is a great pleasure to welcome in uh, right now onto the show, All Black number 798, the great man Murray Mixted joins us. Mix, uh, very good afternoon. Thanks for coming on. 
Hello, Staffy. How are you going? Long time no talk. Long time no talk, and I've missed it, my friend, um, but let's resume that now. I, I will warn you, we have asked our listeners to text in any specific messages, uh, questions they'd like me to put to you, so I'm just giving them a bit of time to send those in um, because they're really keen to hear from you as well. But uh, a lot of the conversations from the talkback we've had today, Murray, is and one text in particular from a wee while ago. It said, uh, Murray talks about um, psychic arousal or something, and he said it looks like Islander on Viagra and New Zealander on whiskey. What's your thoughts to? <laughs> <laughs> what's your thoughts to the um, the approach of the two teams? I can't remember that expression I used to use, but it was something like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, when a team loses. Um, when a team wins by 23 points one week and then loses by 11 points the next week, um, you have to say uh, it's the team. Um, it's the team's uh, approach to the game, I would say, because there were very few changes. Both the All Blacks and Ireland only changed one player. So you can't blame individuals. You've got to have to say, well, was the were the Irish um, better prepared? And the answer is yes. So the game is a very psychological game in many respects. Um, at the academy, we, at IRANS, we talk about mental toughness. And um, mental toughness is when you can perform under pressure. And test match pressure is like not like any other pressure. And you have to be completely focused the whole, whole of the time exactly on what you're about to do next. And it's actually a, it's, well, it's a skill, but it's also an art. Um, it's uh, mental focus and you can practice it, you can get better at it and you'll generally find that experienced rugby players um, are mentally tougher than um, you know guys playing their first test. Um, but the Irish were certainly hardened to the core. They were prepared better than we were and um, they run and they won the day. Did we really miss, just on that subject, did we really miss the likes of the presence of Artie Savia, Sam Whitelock, Dane Coles, who have that competitive edge to them? Yeah, um, I, I think <laughs> I don't want to point fingers at anybody because I think it was a team thing, not an individual thing. Mm. But the last part of my statement suggested that um, the maturity gives you a mental edge. And Artie Savir has definitely got mental toughness, there's no doubt about it. And Dane Coles is another one. I mean, Cody Taylor has as well, but what Dane Coles does, he sort of, he puts the opposition hooker, prop, even referee on notice. You know, he's got that sort of ability to challenge um, verbally or or mentally. Um, you see it when he plays. Yeah, I mean, I'll be... I like both those two players. I think they're both great players, Cody Taylor and Dane Coles. But I think this week I'd start Dane Coles. Mm. There's no doubt about that in my mind. I'd start him. And he, he's he got that edge, you know, that we need. But they they beat us in that department early in that game, you know. There was a little bit of um, attention to Brodie Retallick and there were a couple of other occasions where I thought, geez, these Irish guys are, are definitely wired for the match. So, yeah, you're probably right. Um, I, I think um, we've got to go back to uh, back to what has been proven as successful in the past because this is serious business. You know, we need to win this test and we probably need to win it well. Um, otherwise, we're going to 
definitely hit the Rugby World Cup underdogs. Um, so I'd go back to go back to core, actually, Staffy. You want you want to know who that is, don't you? I do. <laughs> okay, well I'd stick with Bow. I'd play Coles and La La La. Uh, Whitelock, I think, is available now. Whitelock and Retallick. Uh Scott Barrett is the best blindside flanker in the country, and he's big and strong, and he's on form, and he wins ball in the air. So that gives you Whitelock, Retallick, and Barrett. And you've got to have ball. You've got to keep the ball away from Ireland and keep hold of it for a long period of time. In the uh, in the Lucy's, I'd have obviously. Sam Kane, captain, and Artie Severe at number eight. Um, that's the forward pack with sort of a couple of subtle changes that beat them convincingly in the first game. Um, Smith and Barrett, without any hesitation. Harvili, I would bring in mm-hmm. uh, because he's now more experienced in that role. And I'm not saying Tupai didn't do a good job. I just think that Harvili would do a better job, and I think he's better equipped at this stage. Um, and I'd actually bring Goodhue back into the fold because that centre position is a very difficult position. And uh, you've got to read when to come up fast, when to drift. Um, and I think Goodhue's sheer experience in that role uh, is necessary if we want to beat this team. And I'd, mo- I'd move Awani, Rico Awani, out onto the, to the wing. I'd play that tri-scorer Jordan every day of the week. And Geordie Barrett because he's six foot six and claims the ball in the air. Um, so that would be my team. So much talk about, um, and it's been going for <clears throat> just about the whole year we've been on here, Rico at 13. And I think under pressure against Ireland in the second test, um, he's got the mindset of a finisher, he hasn't got the mindset of a provider. And our, our greatest centres are providers, rather, provider first, finisher second. Do you think he spent too long at wing and has developed the role as finisher, therefore more suited to wing? Um, I think he's more suited to wing right now to answer your question. And the core role of a winger is to finish. you know, And that's what he's looking to do every time he gets the ball. Uh, the core role of, of the centre is, is to create space or exploit space and, and give another person an opportunity to finish or finish yourself. I mean, I think you're absolutely on the money there. Uh, and the classic example of that is is Conrad Smith, isn't it? Mm. Um, you know, he was canny, really, on his whether he drifted, whether he came in close to Ma'a, um, you know, and he would always create opportunities for someone outside him to score. So, yeah, I think you're dead right. I think at the moment, uh, Awani is, is growing as a centre, uh, but his best position on the rugby field is wing. What's your standpoint on Sam Kane as captain? Um is he the right choice, and is it right to carry on with him right through to the World Cup? Because the captain has to start. Yeah, well, Sam, to me, is a is our Sam and Artie Sevilla are in a league of their own in New Zealand as far as open side flankers are concerned. In fact, actually, there's a guy in, there's a guy in the Crusaders who's um, who's pretty bloody good as well, Christy. But you know. What's the core role of an open side flanker? The core role of an open side flanker is to retain possession when we've got it and regain possession when they've got it. And You know, you've got to be a hunter and a gatherer. And Sam Kane is that player. He's a hunter and a gatherer. And so is Artie Severe. And to have two guys at seven and eight hunting and gathering, I think is a pretty cool thing. Provided you've got a, a big, strong ball winner who, who works for 
80 minutes playing on the blind side. And like I said before, um, that's Scott Barrett. It's not Dalton Papali, is it? And, and I tell you what, the, the dogs were barking for him when he wasn't selected into the first test. They put him into the second test, relatively quiet, relatively invisible, some texters have suggested. Is that purely the step up to test match and high quality test match opposition, or was it because he was in the sixth jersey? No, I think it's a, it's a shock to the system, all right, the, the speed and the intensity of, of Test Match Rugby against the top four team. You know, if you're playing one of the best teams in the world, the intensity is definitely a step up from Super Rugby. There is no doubt about that. Um, well, Papi is an interesting one because he's a good footballer, um, but he's not in the same league as an open side flanker, hunter, gatherer, fetcher as Artie Severe. Um, and, and Kane. But what he is, is he's hot at the moment. Um, he's a great uh, ball runner and supporter of the ball carrier. But, you know, when, when you're down to seven forwards and you're playing in a test match um, like we were, you'd expect um, all your players to stand up and be very conspicuous. And, you know, I don't think he was as conspicuous as, as he could have been in that game. I think really his best position at the moment is probably number eight or blindside flanker, to be frank, because he's a support player and he's a good, a great carrier, and he's going to be a good rugby player going. He's going to be a good Test match player going forward. He's already a good rugby player. Uh, some questions from the listeners. Steve says, Murray, is the selection process for picking head coaches for the All Blacks flawed? <laughs> well. It was manipulated by Steve Chu, wasn't it? Um, that's the message we got um, as far as people on the outside. Remember, I'm, I'm no longer in the inner sanctum. I'm, I'm a five-bob critic like you, Stan. <laughs> um, so all I could do is read between the lines. And the idea was that um, Ian Foster had been a great support um, to Steve Hansen, and, and it was sort of... A transition, wasn't it? Mm. Um, same ship, new leader. Um, and I think he's been given a great opportunity. And I haven't been um, judging in the first 12 months following the Rugby World Cup because every time there's a, a new head coach, this is a long-winded answer, but it was a very difficult question. Every time there's a new head coach, new, there's new, view, new vision, new views, and positions change, people change. There is a change. So we've had that over the last couple of years and we've seen Foster try a lot of players. What I wanted to see him do is pick his squad um, and stick to it and build combinations. So when we played that first test against Ireland, I thought that was outstanding. Uh, Now we can build these combinations. So we step into the second test with only one change and um, sort of fell apart because we we got outmanoeuvred, didn't we? Mm. Um, You know... How different is it when you've got a a loose referee sending guys off all over the place? I mean, I remember sitting in the stand watching um, Sonny Bill get red-carded against the Lions, I think it was. And, uh, you know, that was the game. He was was gone, and that was the game, 14 against 15. It's okay if you're playing the 10th team in the world, but not if if you're playing one of the top teams in the world. You can't play with 14 men, expect to win. Well, what, what, most of that first half, we played, played with 13 men. 
So, you know, that does affect everything and the fatigue of the players. You know, you can see it actually. And, uh, I mean, test matches are so fast and so energetic. Um, you know, that it's going to drain you. But um, one man short and two men short, it's bloody near impossible, isn't it, to win? I know some people say you can. Um, getting back to the question, I think Ian Foster's had a had an opportunity. I think we can judge him at the end of um, the season, probably. Uh, I think it's a bit unfair at the moment. How he reacts, I thought he reacted well to the first test victory. He kept the same team and, and we lost Whitelock, um, you know, which was a shame for injury because he's he's playing as well as he's ever played in his life. And I think that he was a loss. Um, yeah, you, the, the, the listener who's, who's asked that question is probably saying, why isn't Razor Robertson, um, you know, why isn't he the, the head coach? Well, I think Foster had done his time as an apprentice in many respects and deserved the right. So, yes, maybe it's flawed, um, but um, I think he's, he's got to be given a chance and uh, let's judge him at the end of that. And Razor, remember, every year he's getting better. He's not getting worse. You don't get worse as a coach, you get better mm. uh, until you lose your nerve and then start picking the players who have served you well. Um, and there's a fine balance there. One more, Murray, and you touched on Andy Farrell and his wisdom. <clears throat> There's a migration of uh, coaches around the world in rugby with rugby league backgrounds, and we're seeing a bit more innovation with the likes of Farrell, and I talked about Sean Edwards earlier. And it folds quite nicely into this text from Brett, who asks, Murray, are we getting out-thought about how we run our phase ball? We don't seem to know whether to <clears throat> hit it close or... Or a bit wider. We're all at sea. Yeah, I don't know if I agree with that. Um, I understand very clearly what he's saying, but I think uh, in the first test against Ireland, we certainly um, took it up one or two two wide of the ruck and maul, whereas most teams are taking it up one 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 out. Um, and it looked to me like that caught the Irish uh, unawares. Uh, there's no doubt. Um, we split them open several times, but you know we tried to do the same thing again in the second test and didn't do it as well. Um, and you know maybe maybe we had to um, vary our play again or vary that strategy. The big thing, of course, about um, that sort of um, that sort of building your attack. You know, building your attack is all about the quality of the ball you get. It's really hard to build the attack, even with one-off runners, you know, if your ball's not quick and fast. And I think that's the key, isn't it? Uh, and when I look at our game at the moment, I often think, surely we need one more one more player hitting that um, breakdown area. You know, we seem to be just clearing the ball, and we see guys like um, Christie in the, in the final, in the Super Rugby final, you know, he was getting the ball in three of the three of the Crusaders at the same time. He's a very good at clearing the ball, and he cleared it. And Aaron Smith, of course, is the best in the world at clearing the ball, and he clears it. But there's a difference between clearing the ball and, and backs running onto the ball or carriers running onto the ball. And I think that's the key. So you've got to look at the quality of the ball before you start talking about strategy. 
Mix, could talk to you all afternoon, but we're two minutes late for the news already. I uh, really appreciate uh, <laughs> chatting to you, mate, and uh, a bottle of red wine and some crackers and cheese next time I'm down in the mount, eh? Perfect. Awesome. Murray Mix did there, former All Black. Uh, great insights. Let's take the news. Ladies and gentlemen, I've, I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story, and I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. What's making news around the world? I just officially bellowed down Sam's ear, and I said, just, just give me a break. I've had two and a half hours of, of this. Can we just have a little I, deviation away from, from this? Uh, heaps of good text still to read. I just don't know how I feel about following up proper news bulletin with what's making news. It sort of either takes a shine off the bulletin uh, or takes a shine off the what's making news. But <laughs> I see them as two complete... It, it's like ham and bacon, similar but different. Well, look, I'll rip through this, uh, rip through these very important stories to hit the globe uh, today, Mark Stafford. Starting off with um, the Today Show in America. Yeah, I know. Um, there's a lot of Today Shows, isn't there? There's mm. a Today Show in Australia as well. Um, who are being mocked for... Now... This will be up there for me for blunders that you just cannot make as a TV organisation. One of them is um, incorrect labels when the labels pop up down the bottom. I still remember Simon Mannering coming on, I think it was TV3, and the box saying, insert Warrior's name here, insert Warrior's title here. Oh, no. Um, Which is, you know, that's not Simon Mannering. Um, But the Today Show has been widely mocked, staff, after, you know, the death of the. Japanese, the former Japanese Prime Minister of the weekend. Yeah, they uh, they were showing photos of the Korean flag. Oh no! Um, on the TV as they were talking about the former Japanese Prime Minister. That's bad. That's very bad. Americans and geography, eh? It's just not a combination that works. No, I love those videos when they go to Muscle Beach and say, you know, point to Australia. And they go, is that in America? I've t- I told you my stories about, like, I remember a kid when I was over there, big global map in one of the dorms, and we are just waiting down the front and twiddling our thumbs. And I said, mate, actually curious, where do you think New Zealand is? And he's like, oh, bro, I, I just, my geography. So, and I was like, no, just, you know, have a stab. He's like, okay, well, I'm pretty sure it's somewhere around here. And he points to Greenland. <laughs> as far away as you can get. Pretty much. And then the other one was when um, I had to do like an interview to, to get accepted into the school. And they, they have alumni all over the world. And they go, oh, yeah, so you'll be talking with this guy in, um, in Finland. And I was like, Finland? That's like t- time zone's terrible. And there's a guy in Sydney, Australia. Like, why wouldn't I do it with him? And I emailed them back and it turns out they thought um, Zealand, which is on the same time zone as Finland. <laughs> It's Finland. <laughs> Common era. Um, Nick Kyrgios, who lost in Wimbledon this morning. Mm. Did you see the video of him um, calling out the heckling fan to the chair umpire? No. I actually should have got the audio of it, but he's trying to point out a heckling fan to the umpire, and the umpire's saying, I, I don't know who you're talking about. And he's like, that chick over there, the one that looks like she's had about 700 beers. <laughs> that's how he described That's how he described her to the chair umpire. And apparently it was quite obvious. She was, she was very um, inebriated. In the final, yeah. Oh, yeah, wow. this morning. Yeah, against uh, Jovac Nokovic, mm-hmm. as I like to call him. Um, a football match in Poland um, was suspended after just seven minutes um, following a brawl in the stands. Um, it was a Europa Conference League qualifying match that descended into chaos after seven minutes with the referee forced to stop play for half an hour. And the reason why is because he was scrapping in the stands between their own fans. Oh. Their own fans of their own team. That's my seat. No, it's my seat. Pretty much. Probably something, something along those like lines. That. Yeah, I ordered the popcorn, <laughs> not you ordered the peanuts. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there you go. And then um, in Ibiza. Yeah. Ibiza Hotel. Have you been to Ibiza? No, I have not. Would you like to go? No. 
<laughs> sure. Um, it's certainly not a cheap holiday destination, is it? I'd imagine not. Um, given that, you know, especially this time of year where it's summer in those parts of the world, um, very popular um, party destination. Well, what if I told you, Steph, that you could stay in one of the most, it says infamous, I think it means famous, one of the most famous art hotels for free, for zero dollars? Yeah, yeah, now I want to go. It's called, uh, it's, it's, it's in San Antonio, but um, how, there's a catch. Of course there's a catch. What do you, what do you think the catch might be? Um, it's an art hotel, so it's a bit quirky. You have to paint the walls. <laughs> I wouldn't mind that, actually, I'd for free. Yep. No, this one is, uh, it's called Sweet Zero, and it's actually a glass room uh-huh. in the hotel lobby. And everyone can watch you. Correct. Jeez, they wouldn't want to watch me. <laughs> <laughs> so you literally, it, it, it's supposed to be part of the art. You, it's like live art. Yeah. So you are, you know, um, satisfying people's artistic cravings, and you can do it for free in the great city of Ibiza. Fantastic. Got a fact. Of course you have. You know when you're eating and um, <laughs> you, you're you full as anything, right? You, let's take a Christmas lunch or whatever, mm. you know, for, and, and you, wedding. you're wedding. And you're absolutely full to the brim. Mm. No, no, I, can, I absolutely cannot have that last piece of chicken. Mr. Creosote. Right? Yep. And then the dessert comes out. Mm. Actually, bit of space for a bit, bit of put. Hello, bit of put. Oh, this is very famous. Yeah, the Staffords. We have a st- we have a pudding chamber. It's yeah. well, the whole family have a pudding chamber. Yeah, can't, well, fit, any more, says, can't yeah. fit any more roast spuds uh, or pork. My mum always said it was a different pipe. It just goes down a different pipe. So your food goes out. Well, I can tell you, Staff, that your one is a lot more real than my one. Desert uh, dessert stomach is a real thing. Ah! The stomach expands upon contact with sugar, making room for dessert even when you are already feeling full. It's mum, scientific. I hope mum listens from time. Dad probably listening right now. Dad, tell mum that Jim? the Stafford pudding chamber is a thing. It's a, it's a thing. At least, if not, it, it expands to become a chamber. I've also, I also said before the show that I've got a mental conundrum for you that I wanted to throw out. And it's sort of funny. We've been talking All Blacks for like, was it two and a half hours? Mm. And um, I'm now breaking up with just the most ridiculous thing. Um, Pinocchio. Mm. There's a, a mind bender for you here, Pinocchio. If you, um, if Pinocchio told you that his nose was about to grow, would it grow? No. But then he'd be lying. Yeah. And it would grow. <laughs> <laughs> so if I said yes... It wouldn't grow. It wouldn't grow. (laughs) (laughs) Just mull that over the break. I can't. I just can't. Uh, We're going to play Mastermind after break. Don't need a contestant. Got a contestant. Mastermind. Oh, it's topical today. They've picked Rugby Union. All the afternoon delight you'll ever need. It's Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. From 1950s Southland Rugby to Irish Tiddlywinks, this is your chance to prove that you truly are a mastermind. And our contestant is Kane. G'day, Kane. How you doing, Very well, my friend. You've chosen, or you gave us a, a, a gambit of choices, so you're obviously very good general sporting knowledge, but uh, we've gone rugby union for you today. Excellent. Excellent. Not phased at all. Ten questions, two minutes. You can pass and we will come back. And uh, generally, people, 
um, can pass them. There is plenty of time. So two minutes is quite a long time. So we're going to put it on the clock. So don't forget, you can pass and I will come back to it. You're all set to go. Awesome. Thanks. Roll the clock, Sammy. Who won the very first MPC in 1976? Oh, jeez. Oh. Auckland. Plenty. Who was recently appointed as the new head coach for the Highlanders? Uh, not Tony Brown? No, Clark Dermody. Hawks Bay successfully defended the Ramfurly Shield versus South Canterbury. Who is their next challenger? Uh, pass. Who will play, sorry, who will Manawatu play in the opening game of this season's Bunnings MPC? Well, I should know this team from that one too. Um, um, pass. What year did Canterbury last win the Bunnings MPC Premiership? Uh, uh, 2016? 18. In the last year of MPC, only one team went through the whole season unbeaten. Who was it? In the last year. Last year's. 21. Taranaki. Correct. Who are the current Farah Palmer Premiership title holders? Um, pass. What is the name of the Black Ferns coach that stood down following last year's Northern Hemisphere tour? Glenn Moore. <laughs> Who is the coach of the current touring Irish side? By Andy Farrell. Correct. In the last two tests, the All Blacks have received one red card. How many yellow cards? Uh, so we've got two in the one just been. Did we get one in the first test? Uh... I'm going to let you answer that because I stumbled over. Yeah, three's correct. I stumbled right. over a question earlier. Uh, your past on Hawks Bay's next challenger is Poverty Bay. Uh, Manawatu will play Canterbury in the opening round, yeah. uh, the opening game. And Farah Palmer Premiership title holders' wonderful game was Waikato. Uh, one, uh, two, three, mate. Three. Uh, it might stand up. A lot harder than it is. When the clock's on, eh? Yes, indeed. <laughs> yeah. Good on you for having a crack, though, buddy. Awesome. Thanks, Beth. Cheers, mate. There's Kane. Set the set the mark at three. Don't forget, if you want to play Mastermind, double eight double three. Text through what you would like, what you would like your specialist subject to be, and take part in Mastermind. And we have a weekly prize from Lifestyle Focus, a hundred dollar voucher, and you can buy some tremendous stuff from Lifestyle Focus. If you've got vermin, if you've got mosquitoes, if you've got moss mold, lichen, black algae. Uh, cleans it up a wee treat with spray and go it is really really strong stronger than the other stuff on the market so get yourself involved in some lifestyle focus Um, try and win the $100 voucher it is well worth winning more text messages coming up after the break Mark Stafford kicking back and talking sport all afternoon it's Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ Oh, turn the mic on. I've done that. Um, someone just texted in saying they were hard questions, Staffy. And then I had a text from a friend saying they got eight out of ten. 
So hard for some, not so hard for others, but uh, do welcome your entries, double eight, double three, if you want to have a crack at Mastermind. Staffy, we have the players times two, if not times three, to be the best team in the world. If we open them up to other coaches around the globe, they would be gobbled up. So my question to you is, has it been the coaching that is the problem then, from Cookie? My answer to you is probably yes because we have fantastic players. Start look at all the players to be sent off. They are all Southern Hemisphere teams. It's something for us to look at from Brett. Yep, they're mostly Southern Hemisphere. Um, I know England had picked up four yellows in their two test matches against Australia. Staff, in regards to the All Black loss, I think it's great. I know we love and want our team to do well, but it just opens up the game and frees it up as we have suffocated the game for so long. Same with Aussie and their league with Melbourne Storm. It's great when the underdog comes through, in my opinion. Regards, Dave from Manawatu. You're bang on. How can a headbutt be punished the same as an accidental collision? That was my biggest one from the week. It was biggest equal, and the other one was Paisami's. Was it Paisami's? Um intentional knock-on. It was not an intentional knock-on. It was an attempted intercept with his hand faced up and he was sin-binned. I think that one is outrageous. Uh, from Carrie. Uh, hi guys. Hey, if it wasn't for a great defence in the first test, especially by Rico on the line twice, we may have lost that game. Because I believe Island players better just a couple of brilliant counterplays won it for us. And for the red card and the ref said it's accidental and got talked out of it by the TMO. And it's it's the TMOs who have had too much to say in the game. Carry from Wanganui. I'm, I'm not bagging. Rico is a very good player. I just don't know if he's a test centre, test match centre. And it's... I mentioned to Mex, and this is just my theory, I feel like he's got the mindset of a finisher, not a provider, not a creator, like we had with Conrad Smith, and I see that as the most important job for a centre. Yes, if Rico makes half a break, he'll go the he'll go the length of the field and cannot be caught, but he can do that as a wing. He can do that as a wing. And one last text before what happens next. Sorry, Steph, it's not innovation if we look to league for solutions. It would only be us catching up to our competitors. Ireland, France, England, Wales and Australia have looked to league for years. Foster and the All Blacks have been caught asleep at the wheel. Good text. Still lots more to get through, which I will endeavour to do, but now it's a chance to play. Not that. Well, I thought maybe I'll just play the audio since I don't have time to play the intro. So um, here's part number one. It's uh, six seconds. What happens after this? He's passed though. Now Watson looking to get away from Mahalo. Williams there. Mm. Mm. Watson, he was the wing for England. Go again. He's passed though. Now Watson looking to get away from Mahalo. Williams there. Sonny Bill Williams or Liam Williams? Oh, Lions or England? Oh, so many. I tell you what, what happens next? Text us on double eight double three what you think will happen next. And up for grabs is a double pass to the movies. The Phantom of the Open. Open. The British Open. I saw some promos of that during the weekend. It looks damn good. It's a British comedy slash drama based on a true story of Morris Flitcroft. He's a crane operator and dreams of being an amazing golfer. 
I'll tell you some more about it after the news, but text us through double eight double three. What happens after that little snippet of audio that Sammy played you? And we'll have the answers and the winner after the news. Here to get you through your workday, this is Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Great James Brown. Sam, you just surprise me every now and then. It's all about playing music to see what my reaction is, isn't it? 100%. Is that what it is? Yeah. Get up off of that thing. Huh. What's James the second Brown. line? Get up off of that thing. Something about doing better. Dance and get better. Uh, have a listen. Let's look at. You're going to go back to the start, are you? I'll do. Um, oh, get lyrics. up off that thing lyrics. Uh. And dance till you feel better. Yeah. Okay. And then he says, and shake till you feel better, a bit later on, I think. Yeah, okay. So uh, maybe that's what Ian Foster needs to do. <laughs> Coach till you feel better. Is that what you're saying? Um, or until he gets better. We had a text saying that Sam Kane hasn't won a turnover the whole series. I've found the stats. And uh, they don't tell me. I've clicked on player stats and they don't have turnovers won at all which really disappoints me because I do find that hard to believe defending um, tackles I've got a tackle count Sam Kane 14 tackles Severis 12 this is the first test Scott Barrett 18 what a colossus he was Sam Whitelock 20 big boys bringing people down Anyway, uh, the what happens next, I actually wasn't thinking that because I'm going through so many um, text messages. But I just wanted to flesh out, flesh out, if you will, like uh, Universal have given us some double passes for the next couple of weeks so you can win a double pass to the Phantom of the Open. A true story about uh, a chap named Morris Flitcroft. He is a crane operator. Uh, He's from the beautiful town of Barrow in Furness who, with the support of his family and friends, he managed to gain entry into the 1976 British Open qualifying, despite never having played golf in his life before. And it's a true story, and it will be very funny. As I say, I saw the short, so uh, what happens next, winners? For the next 10, what happens next? So that's till the end of next week, a double pass, uh, which is just, just brilliant. Very funny, apparently. I've read a few of the reviews. It's very funny. So to be in with a chance to win a double pass, have a crack at what happens next. Here it is again. Sammy, just play the first bit. Loose pass, though. Now Watson looking to get away from the hole. Williams there. Nah, I don't know. No idea. Is it Liam Williams or Sonny Bill? Um, 
you know what? I've I think I've used this what happens next before, and I think you asked me the exact same question. Oh, really? I think you it went through the exact same rationale as you had this time. Really? Yeah. Watson, he played on the wing, and then William. It's either Sonny Bill Williams or Liam Williams. So it's either the English or the or the British and Irish lines. You said the exact same thing. So it must be. It's not Sonny Bill Williams' red card. It must be that amazing break that Liam Williams made. He made an amazing break. <clears throat> and I remember watching him walk off after the game. And he's got he's got legs the shape of a guitar. Like, they are that bowed. <laughs> I see. And I'm like, how can you run so fast? Like, like, he's been riding a horse for 30 years and then decided to give rugby a go. He's got legs like that. Wow. Is that what happens to jockeys? They get bowed legs. Like that- cowboys. Isn't it the cowboy walk with the bandy legs? Like, the back in the old days, the, the rustlers. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you think it's the breakaway, his breakaway and subsequent try? Yeah. I'll go with that. Oh, let's find out if you're right. He's passed, though. Now Watson. Looking to get away from Mahalo. Williams there. The Lions appealing there. I think it was a shoulder charge. That was the appeal anyway. Well, it's not good because the elbow's involved as well. Anthony Watson is okay. Let's reinforce that. He's not suffered anything from it. Regardless of that, they cannot look at the consequence of whether the player's injured or not. It's going to be red. He's made his mind up and he's stalking Sonny Bull. Jerome, George here. He's got the red in his hands. And that is going to be shown. I have no option. Yeah. Direct shoulder on the head. I need to protect the player. Head, yeah. neck. It's direct. The contact is direct. This is an incredible moment in the test match. It really is. A red card for Sonny Bill Williams. He is sent off. No further part. The All Blacks are down to 14 men for the remainder. There you go, 2017, Stefan. Uh, I would argue... The floodgates were opened after that red card because that was our, only our second red card in All Blacks history. And since then, we've just we opened go. the floodgates. We were talking before the show about this. Mm. Um, and you said to me in your effervescent way, maybe, Steph, maybe we just have to get used to rugby games are going to have cards. <laughs> that's what you said, and that's how you said it. It's the most accurate impression of me I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, yeah, I, I look, I said one of two things. Well, I look at it both ways. One part of me says, yeah, maybe the, the game has changed, right? The game's changed over the last, let's say, 10 years, not just the way it's played, but the way it's officiated, et cetera. And so maybe now as fans, we just need to get to grips with the fact that, look, there's going to be, like, almost guarantee there's going to be yellow cards in a game. In just about every game and just about every game, but there will also be a red card here or there. I mean, the odds, I'd love, Steph, you, you used to tell us about the odds for a red card. We, we talked about this a couple of months ago, the odds for a red card, you know, at any given test match, they must be completely different than when you were doing oh, them five when years I was ago. bookmaking, it would have been a red card and a test, because you go on stats. Yeah. If there was a red card once every 10 matches, it's $10, bit of profit, make it 8 dollars mm. Make it 8 dollars Now, now, you'd be... You'd drop it from about eight to two fifty. Yeah, because you'd say it's going to be one and three. So maybe we just need to to accept that that's the game now, and teams need to play for that. Now I used the example a number of weeks ago around ice hockey. Right, you get penalised in ice hockey, play goes into the box. It's just a part of the game. Mm. It, it hardly gets talked about, and players just go off and they come on, and you know, red cards and yellow cards. It happens, and it's just so fluid. And maybe that's the way we need to view it: is that it's just going to happen. It's part of the game. It's the way you play. Then the the, the other side of me that says. Maybe the lawmakers, you know, rugby is an inherently physical game that has inherently brutal areas of contact. This is always going to happen, always going to happen. 
So trying to get rid of it by that's what they're trying to do, right? The cards are supposed to get get that out of the game. Mm. I don't think that's ever going to happen. You're just going to see more cards like we are. Um, so, you know, it's an inherently physical game. Why? Can, I mean, if they're so worried about lawsuits, can they just not do what the Americans do and get every rugby player to sign a waiver? Yeah. You know? I don't know if I ever told you this, but when I went paintballing in America, I had to sign a waiver. I'd only been in America for about three days, and my host family that was looking after me, their son was having a birthday. And um, it was paintball. And they were like, you have to sign a waiver. before Everyone has to sign a waiver before they... And I was like, what the hell's a waiver? Mm. Why do I have to sign it? <laughs> and so they gave it to me. And it was like literally, if you die in the event of this game, we take no responsibility. If you, uh, if you break your leg, it was like a 10-page document. I flick through and signed it like you do. You don't even read it. But why can't we do that, Steph? They are very litigious in the States. I'll tell, yeah. you, I'll tell you my litigious story. Yeah. I was staying at the... Oh, I won't Las say. Vegas? No, I was staying in a hotel in Wellington. Okay. That is... Its parent company is in America, right? Mm. And at about six in the morning, there was a fire alarm. And I think it was a legit fire alarm. Like, I think there was a fire in this very tall um, hotel in Wellington. <clears throat> and it was Guy Fawkes night, actually. It was the morning, so it was the 6th of November. And 14th floor, had to use the stairs because they shut the lifts off in a fire alarm. So in my robe, uh, I went down the stairs, down the stairs, down the stairs, and then they sent us through this side alley um, with the door open. Now, I walked through the door, and there's a door stop, like a permanent door stop right where you're walking, I hit it because it was dark and broke my toe, oh. right? my second toe. Yes. Right? So fire alarm was over, very embarrassing, back up, went and checked out, and I just said, hey, listen, um, I broke my toe this morning uh, on that doorstop there, and I pointed to it, and it's right where you walk because it was two doors that open like a, what's yeah, that? Yeah, I know the ones you're talking about. They have them at school sometimes. The doorstop's basically in the middle of the hallway. Yeah, and yeah. the doorstop was in the middle, and I had a break. And they said, oh, I'm really sorry about that. And I said, well, I'd like you to do something about it. And they said, yeah, yeah, we'll get onto it. And I said, you got my contact details. Didn't hear anything. So I emailed them three days later. And I said, I want you to do something about it. You know, I wanted a free meal or a free night or something like that. Didn't hear anything. So I emailed the parent company in the USA and told them what had happened and said, I haven't heard anything about this. What's going to happen? Ten minutes later, phone call from America. <laughs> they were we will give you a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, um, they said uh, a free meal for four people at my leisure. So that weekend, I took three friends out, and we went. And, um, oh, you could have got more than that, I reckon. Steve. I know I could have. Jeez, you got um, millions. I th- well, if it was in America and it happened, I would have got millions. But it was yeah. in New Zealand. Yeah. But like, why couldn't they get rugby players to sign a waiver that says you fully accept? what you're entering into by playing professional rugby, any damages caused by playing the game later in life, whether it be dementia, CTE, et cetera, are at your discretion. Now, you know, I'm a big fan of protecting people's brains and head injuries and all that sort of stuff. I think that does need to be policed better. But, gee, has got to be an element of common sense here, Steph, doesn't there? I think so. I think so. Um, but we do need the differentiation for accidental and intentional. If world rugby don't jump on this immediately... They've got their heads in an ant pit, and the ants are feasting. We're going to talk some Wimbledon right after the break. Get ready for a workday pick-me-up. This is Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ.
There were a heap of correct answers for the what happens next. So uh, Neeps is going to spin the chocolate wheel, get the winner, and he will get in touch with you during my next chat, which we are heading to the UK, and it's a great pleasure to welcome. And as we did at the start of the tournament, Jonathan Eureka. Jonathan, and uh, your initial thoughts of the tournament. Oh, good. Yeah, I mean, yeah, incredible finish this tournament. Um, I mean, it was the final everyone wanted. There is uh, set to be fireworks, and um, even if that wasn't the case, um, it was still a really entertaining final. Um, you know, Nick Kyrgios kept kept things together early doors, and then uh, he, he he did start losing his way a little bit, and that allowed Novak Djokovic to then really just take control. And, and in the end, it was quite a comfortable victory for him. What what was the mood around centre court when Nick Kyrgios took the first set? Was there some anticipation, some angst, excitement? I think it was excitement. It, it was difficult to gauge really what the what the mood was and where the support was going because Nick Kyrgios's well, Nick Kyrgios got beat after the semi final. Um, you know, Novak Djokovic has not always had a shall we say easy relationship with. With, with more fans across the world, but also at Wimbledon, there was 2019 final against Roger Federer, who's well loved here, and uh, years and booze that went. So, yeah, it was difficult to gauge, to be honest, but I think there was an excitement that it was a contest because I think most British sporting fans want to see a contest, especially at Wimbledon, where you paid a lot of money for a, for a ticket and for the day out, so you don't want to see. Um, a match over very quickly, um, and yeah, I think I think there was a level of excitement. Nick was 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 pretty focused. You know, he, he's not always like that, um, and he was particularly during the first set. And his serving was just incredible. I mean, when you're seeing him whacking down 132 mile an hour rockets, then that gets the crowd going, <laughs> and they really enjoy seeing that. So yeah, it was really it was a really good atmosphere, and then um, you know. Bit, bit more muted when, when when Novak Djokovic turned things around, but in the end, I think that they, they the fifteen thousand crowd there just was, was really enthralled by what they saw. Just on Nick Kyrgios, what do you think this this fortnight will do to him, if anything? Um, like he's long said, I actually don't enjoy playing tennis. I'm just good at it and makes me money, so that's why I do it. Do, do you feel like that he might have a little bit of a the romantic DNA in him may have come out over this fortnight to realise his potential? Yeah, I mean, he, yeah, I think, you know, he says he's committed to the sport. You know, that's not always been the case. He said he's been committed this fortnight. Um, he says he's not even had a beer over this fortnight, which, um, which, which for him, that is a lot of commitment because, he told an anecdote earlier this week where he'd, he'd been in the local pub until 4am um, three years ago on the same, well, turned out to the same day as when he played Rafael Nadal in the in the Wimbledon second round. So he, he highlighted that as as, um, as an illustration of, of how his professionalism has changed. Um, this two weeks he's been pretty much locked in. Um there has been moments. The, the the first round he played a British guy called Paul Jubb. Um, you know, and he sort of spat towards a fan who was heckling him and he, he lost his way there and you know, there was the moments in the match against Stefan Sipas, of course, as well. 
where he was remonstrating with the umpire. And you never quite know with Nick whether it's because he's trying to get the opponent's head or whether it's because he's 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 um, his, his mentality is himself is, is is going a bit south. But um, I think yeah, he's learned a lot from these two weeks. He says he was under pressure a lot in the in the two weeks because because he's such a character and such a personality that people always wanted a piece of him, you know, like you want to know what he wants to say because as he says, he, he, he loves talking, loves creating drama. So, you know, it's, it's quite self-perpetuating in, in, in that sense. Um, but, you know, overall, it's been a very positive two weeks for him and, you know, he'll be hoping that he can he can uh, gain, gain the uh, experience from this and, you know, get one more victory in the Grand Slam than he has done this fortnight and it's amazing what a couple of five minute speeches at the end of the final will do it was it was pretty heartwarming um he was very humble he he acknowledged Novak Novak acknowledged him and his undoubted ability and I think people were going in there thinking gosh these guys don't like each other I mean um Nick Kyrgios gave Novak Djokovic a huge send-off when he wasn't allowed to play at the Australian Open, and I thought that was irreparable. But they both rose above that, didn't they, in their speeches? And uh, as Nick, Kyr- uh, sorry, as Novak Djokovic said, I think it's the start of a bromance. <laughs> yeah. Well, the word bromance got mentioned um, firstly by Nick Kyrgios, and uh, that raised a few laughs in the in the interview room. And that was um, the day after when he found out he. Uh, he wouldn't be playing his um, semi-final against Rafael Nadal, and, and he, he did a press conference for for the final. And uh, it was quite funny as well because, because when Novak Djokovic was asked about it, he said, "Well, I'm not sure it's a bromance quite yet, but you know, relations have improved." And then shortly after after Novak won won today, he was asked about it again on court. And uh, he said, "Okay, yeah, I think we can call it a bromance now." <laughs> <laughs> so the respect between the two was—it uh, was great to see how it's developed and um, and how it's grown. And um, yeah, I mean, Novak Djokovic was was glowing really about about Nick Kyrgios on in his post-match um, interview on the court, saying how he, he respects him as a player, like how much talent he's had, he, he's got, and uh, he was really rooting for him in the future. So. Yeah, for, for, for two men who had, you know, the shared barbs, I think uh, Nick called him a, a tool at one point, and a, <laughs> and a strange cat, um, very, very Nickisms there. And um, but, but now there is a mutual respect between the two, and they talked about, I think via Instagram or some sort of, some social media, about whoever won today would pay for dinner. And again, Noah Djokovic made a joke on court about, that's probably why he lost because you know I'm going to have to pay for dinner now. <laughs> so um, yeah, we'll see how the romance goes. It looks like it's going to be a dinner. Might not be a big night out with drinks, but we'll be starting off for dinner and seeing how things go. Where to for the future? I mean, it's tennis like uh, Nadal has won Grand Slam ahead of Djokovic now, and I just get the feeling they're both going to play till the other one retires, so they can finish with the most slams. These guys will go to the 45 if their body lets them. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, they're absolute warriors, aren't they? And we've, we've done that for many years. And if, if someone had said five years ago that this would still be happening, we, we'd have we'd have thought no chance, absolutely no chance. So, yeah, who knows? I mean, Novak obviously, I think, has got got more years left ahead of him. Um, you know, he's not had the injuries that that Nadal's had um, and continues to have. Um, and I mean, Novak Djokovic is thirty five. He looks twenty five still. You know, like. 
the way he looks or on court, um, in terms of his movement, the way he can, his athleticism is, is, is still incredible. And, um, yeah, I can't see Novak Djokovic um, retiring anytime soon. And I think he said that again in his press conference where he feels he's, he's still physically able to, to, to win the slams. And that's his focus now. And, and it has been his focus for, well, obviously throughout his career, but, but more so in in the last couple of years. Um, you know, he's, he's become the, um, the, the ATP player who's spent most weeks at world number one. He's won the most Masters. So now it's like, right, I'm going to tailor my year and win as many slams as possible. Um, and in the goat race, as we call it in, in tennis, that's what he's, what he's aiming to, uh, to finish on top of. And one behind Rafa, and I think he's probably got a few more years ahead of him than, than Rafa has. Yeah. And certainly Roger Federer. And um, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet against, against him, no way. And while he's picking up his seventh, seventh Wimbledon title, Kazakhstan picked up their first. So Serbia seven, Kazakhstan one. But Alina Rybakina, uh, 23-year-old Kazakhstani, um, absolute delight to see her uh, beat Anjabir. Um Another good final, though. A, uh, not, not, straight, not straight sets once again. No, well, it, that was another intriguing final. And, um, I mean, Anjabir, you know, Lots of words like trailblazer, breaking barriers. That's that's they're synonymous with her, um, and what she's done for you know, Tunisia, the Arab world, and, and and Africa's continent has been been incredible. And she was a, well, you know, by seed, she was the favourite going into the final. Um, but it's a real contrast in styles. Um, Jabir is full of slice and variety and subtlety, and um, Rubikina's um, massive serve really powerful and um, it, it was an interesting out in match up and um, yeah the first set um, Rubikina was seemed a bit nervous I think and um, Jabir settled, settled better but then once um, Rubikina found a serve then yeah it was very difficult for, for Jabir to, to cope with that and um, you know Jabir's as well as consciousness style on, on, on court as personnel is really consciousness style so I've actually been doing um, a column here uh, at Wimbledon with Anjabur and she's brilliant. Great columnist, great copy. She's warm, bubbly, um, really friendly. She's got lots of exci- interesting, exciting things to tell you. And that's how she plays on the court as well. She's really entertaining um, in, in her style. Um, but Rubikina was just completely cool, calm, focused and that enabled her in the end to uh, to get over the line. Um, I mean, there was a bit of controversy in the sense she she's represents Kazakhstan, but she always sort of represented them in 2018. Um, she's Russian born, um, and obviously Wimbledon banned Russian players from from playing because of the Russian invasion of of Ukraine. So, yeah, so there was a bit of awkwardness there, but. You know, she she handled all the questions about that situation really well, um, saying that you know she she's had lots of support from Kazakhstan. That's who she's been representing for a number of years, and um, and and yeah, like at the end of the day, like she she she's won because of a, a tennis, not a nationality. Talking to Jonathan Eureko, uh before we go, Jonathan, you've covered a number of Wimbledon's, you've been in and around it a lot. 
Looking back to the 2022 version, what's going to be your endearing memory of this tournament? Oh, um, yeah, interesting one, really. I think I think the fact that it's back to full capacity is, uh, and you know, it feels like a, a Wimbledon again. Like um, last year was was sort of Wimbledon light, if you like, because you had um, you didn't have the full capacity to start with because uh, of the COVID restrictions. Um, you know, for journalists, we weren't able to to, to meet the players face to face. We're all doing it over Zoom, and um, yeah, it feels like it's. It, it is Wimbledon again. Um, you know, there's been lots of lots of great stories. Um, I mean, there always is at Grand Slam. There's always lots of things that happen which, which generate headlines across the world. Um, you know, I think, yeah, it's difficult to look past, um, obviously, the two champions. I mean, they're always fantastic stories, even though Novak's done, done this, like, mm. well, seven times now and four times in a row. Um, just, just watching him on court and seeing what he's achieved is is, is fantastic. Um, so, I mean, from a British point of view, we actually waved goodbye to one of our national broadcasters, Sue yes. Barker, who was a, um, she was a, 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 a tennis player who, who, Reached uh, Grand Slam finals and then she became a much loved broadcaster. She's retired, so that was that was a sad moment uh, today, actually, um, when when she when when she left and people paid tribute to her. But yeah, all in all, it feels like Wimbledon's um, back and uh, hopefully better than ever. Brilliant, Jonathan. Well, down here in New Zealand, uh, we've really appreciated your input across the two weeks. Let's not wait till next year's Wimbledon until we catch up again, eh? Yeah, hopefully not. Hopefully not. I mean, uh, you know, the tennis world never stops, and before we know the US Open, and then, uh, and then, yeah, back round to the Aussie Open before before we know it. Top man, Jonathan. Thanks so much. Cheers. Show you the money. That's not so good. Show me the money. Show me the money. I need to feel you, Jerry. Show me the money, Jerry. You better yell. Show me the money. I wasn't here when you did show me the money, Sam. I've completely forgotten about this, so furnish me with your success. Okay, staff. Now, uh, a lot of pressure on the boys in the uh, in the bunker <laughs> to get the uh, the tips right while you're away. Now, firstly, um, our dog and our harness. We should check in on that because... Oh, yeah. Did we give it to you, Neeps? Yeah. yeah, we gave it to Neeps. So wow. if Neeps went two from two... Wow. As, do we do we hand the reins over? No I, pun intended. I'd fall over in surprise. Okay, you reckon? <laughs> yeah. Because the... neither horse or dogs compete in UFC. <laughs> well, maybe one day. I'll find them. <laughs> He'll find them. Um, no, but in show me the money. Um, so we started with. Um, where should we start? Let's, we'll start with Ryan Pappenhausen, shall we? Okay. That was our young Neeps' call. Ryan Pappenhausen, anytime try scorer, and I nice. actually thought it was probably the, the tip of the four that we put in. Um, unfortunately for Neeps. Pappenhausen's trying to set something up. Gives it away here. That was a good ball here with me. Oh, he gets oh, down well. Now he's oh. down in back play, Pappenhausen. Oh, it's a finger. He's got just the kind of finger. There's nothing illegal in the tackle from Jesse Ramian. Oh, if you squirm, it's with away. With the, the history of, of head knocks, that didn't look pretty. Off injured, Pappenhausen. And uh, in doubt, actually, Jeez. for an extended period of time. So uh, no dice on the first one. Now, Niv was sitting in the uh, in the booth with us on Thursday, staff. Mm. And Good never, man, Niv. Never, Good never, man, Niv. never have we had a stand-in deliver in such a fashion. He went Max Verstappen, Verstappen, sorry, to get pole position in Austria. 
Charles Leclerc's on provisional pole. Carlos Sainz back alongside him on the front row. Ferrari saving their best till last. Verstappen crosses the line. Verstappen snatches that pole position back again. Oh, come Two back, Two poles Nuf. in 2022 for Verstappen. Make that three. Can we get Niv on on Thursdays? Maybe we should. Maybe what we'll do is we'll just build a directory of people that get it right, and yeah. then they can be the ones who make the tips. So yeah. Nivs one. He's one. We, we just need three more. Um, after that, we had. Oh, we'll do my tip, which was um, Ryan Fox top thirty at the Scottish Open. Oh, he was forty something. Forty seventh in the end, and two shots off. I think 29th or twenty sixth or oh, something. So double bogeyed eighteen in the first round. That's all it took. Oh, he terrible first round. Terrible mm. first round. He did bounce back a little bit, but um, yeah, a little bit. Uh, but look, he's just using it as a warm up. Of course, he's for it. It's just unfortunate that he did that on a tip that I made for a lot of money. And finally, um, our caller. Do you remember our caller's name, Nix? No, I don't. Sorry, can't remember our caller's name. Sorry, that's very um, yeah. disingenuous of us. But uh, Steph, what did he take? Uh, he took the All Blacks twelve and under thirteen plus. Oh, Josh Van Flair over the ball. Here goes the siren. Ireland have got the ball. The All Blacks try and walk over the top of it. Ireland will get it and they'll boot it into the grandstand. Connor Murray gives it off to Cabri. And a famous Irish victory. Their first against the All Blacks in New Zealand. Their fourth overall and fully deserved. Look, there have been a lot of um, calls for Ian Foster's head to roll given that he's lost what? four or five games in the last ten. We've lost every single one, Steph. So, you know, maybe questions need to be asked of us. We're still we'll get here. there one day. Hey, in the words of Steve Hansen, the sun will come up in the morning mm. and uh, we go again. We do go again. Um, dog speed's on 11 to 12 on Sundays. Just thought I'd give you that gentle little... Who's that with? Rosso and Andy. Oh, you got to say it how we say it. We've come up with a new way of saying it. Mark. Rosanowski and Annie McCook. Uh, don't miss a beat with Greyhound Racing. This is a show on 11 to 12. Um, you know on Facebook, Sam, you get Facebook memories uh, and it will give you a Facebook memory. One's just popped up on mine. Go on. From four years ago. Yeah. I was past the uh, recipe mm. for KFC. Oh, I don't believe it. I've got it here. Who and, by? And I, someone in Kentucky. Yeah. I don't believe it. Yeah. Do you want to know it? I don't believe. I don't believe it. I don't believe that it's ever been released. It has. It's actually quite well known that it has been leaked. So here it is. It's two cups of white flour, two thirds of a. I'm going to go teaspoon of salt, half a teaspoon of thyme, half a teaspoon of basil, a third of a teaspoon of oregano, one teaspoon of celery salt, one teaspoon of black pepper, one teaspoon of dried mustard. Oh, what's that? Some paprika. I'm not sure how much that is. I thought it was still secret, Steph. That- I'm, it, it was until now. Let me finish. Oh, one teaspoon of paprika, two teaspoons of garlic salt, one teaspoon of ground ginger, and three teaspoons of white pepper. Ah. Podcast that. <laughs> Please do podcast that. <laughs> Next, but uh, I don't believe you, Steph. I made it. Is it the recipe of Co- uh, Coca-Cola that's never been released as well? What about the um, KFC Twitter account? Have you ever seen the t- KFC Twitter account? I've messaged it. Have you? Yeah. But go on it now. Just get it up on your phone. The KFC Twitter account. Yeah, just type in KFC. You have to go to like the global one. Right. Yep. Tell me when you're there. KFC. 
uh, KFC New Zealand, KFC Global. Yep. yep. Now, how many people is it following? 11. Click on them. Following Jerry Halliwell. Who is a... Uh... Uh, <laughs> Ginger Spice, Mel, Scary Spice, Emma Brunton, she was Baby Spice, Mel C was Sporty Spice, Victoria Beckham, she was uh, Posh Spice. Mm. <laughs> then we've got Herb, 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 Herb and Herb. So 11 Herbs and Spices. <laughs> <laughs> That's not bad. Oh, that is so good. That is so good. Um Tremendous. I'm worried about our solution seems to be rolling out the old blokes like Colsey. Where's the mongrel and the new kids? Where's Ethan DeGroote? Where's the Suffolk Almoor? We've got mongrel and the young kids. This text says pick them. The high tackle problem seems to be really just in New Zealand. Just another part of the game where we are too slow to change. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Brian. Uh, the Warriors have got a 100% win rate at home this season. The All Blacks, 50%. Warriors for Halberg. Mike, like it. Staff, I forgot to mention, when chatting earlier, all the Six Nations teams bar Italy won. I know, that is a worry, Graham. Uh, I went and watched the Southern Hoi Hoi versus the Fire over the weekend. Absolute awesome to watch. Couldn't believe the physicality and thoroughly recommend people to go and watch that comp. Go and watch that comp, said Brendan. And Sammy, Sonny Bill Williams was the All Blacks' third red card. Um... The red card used to pay 12s on the weekend, it was five. Yes, yeah, Sonny Bill was the third behind Colin Meads and Cyril Brownlee, if memory serves me right. We'll take a break. We'll catch up with someone from the run home. All the afternoon delight you'll ever need. It's Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Uh, I have it on good authority that the run home are running to the studio and then and she walks. Kirsty Stanway. Kirsty Stanway. Um quick text before we get to her. Staffy with them with a majority of the All Blacks from the Crusaders and the Blues. They're used to a new and invigorating style of coaching. Then they come into the All Blacks and return to their old ways. The players must be frustrated and what must be the new boys thinking, having never been exposed to it. Jeff, great call, Jeff. Tell you what, All Blacks four hours. Four hours, Kirst. Um, you're yawning. It's been Four a big hours. weekend. Been a big weekend, has it? Didn't Eden treat you well? Oh, well, it didn't treat any Kiwis well, did it? No. And you got stuck at the airport too because of fog. Well, we got stuck at the airport both ways. It was just a horrific weekend. <laughs> <laughs> it was just, no, I feel I feel sorry for uh, the airport staff and for New Zealand staff because um, there were cancelled flights, there were delayed flights Friday, Saturday, Sunday, still oh, today, no. and there are queues and queues <clears throat> of people at the airport. When I went to take my bags to check in on Friday, um, the baggage, you know, like the baggage carousel. carousel, it had come to a stop. They weren't accepting any more bags because so many <laughs> planes, I'm, I'm not even joking, at Auckland Airport, so many planes had been cancelled or delayed that they had nowhere to put the bags. Oh, my God. So, the, so they just had to stop. So there were, honestly, hundreds of people just waiting to be able to check their bags in. Jeepers. 
Oh, yeah. we thought an All Black loss was bad. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, this, I was going to say the sun still came up, but it didn't today. No, it didn't it's today. It's actually awful outside. <clears throat> Big old show today, Kirst. We had Midday Madness for two and a half hours. I heard. Mm. I heard. It's you went from Auckland to Christchurch to Wellington to all Brisbane, over the place. You were Brisbane. all over the place. Yes. And so there's some really good calls too. A fantastic bunch of listeners we have out mm. there. I thank each and every one of you for all your calls and texts. But mm. Kirst, what have you got coming up? Uh, we have Beavers. Um, well, he's run his eye over the test a couple of times, as he does, uh, and he writes notes on the game. He gets his notepad out. So we've got his take on what mm. happened on the weekend and whether or not we should be concerned. Jesus. He'd better say we should be. Would we? Would Ireland have won that game if there were no cards? Yes. How do you know? Well, how do you know they wouldn't? Well, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but it wasn't. I mean, how I know that you you can judge, and everyone's judging Ian Foster and Sam Kane, and but we were playing with thirteen men at times. We were Four playing minutes. with fourteen, well, twelve men at times, and fourteen men for fifty minutes of a game. How do you compete with the All Blacks? How do you compete when you're a man down? <laughs> you're a man short in every single play. Aussie beat England a man and, down. And Ireland are great. As well, right? Islander are a really good side. They anyway, are a really good side. Beaver's notes from the weekend, his takeaways. We've got Alan Quinlan coming on uh, to give us an Irish perspective because he was on the Sky coverage before the game and mm-hmm. he said to us live, All Blacks will win this by 10. And that was an have. Irishman mm. saying that. This shows you how far out of kilt we are, mate. Nice. And anything else? Brett Phillips is coming on to wrap up Wimbledon uh, and we're getting a cricketer on as well to talk about. Well, luckily, we got one over Ireland on the weekend. Boy, but it, took, but it took a final over of 4 4 6 4 6. Jeepers. With a ball to Bracewell, spare. Brilliant. Uh, drive to survive? Yes. How much? $50. Okay. Uh, not, I'm going to hold off, but you. You're going to wait till it gets the 250 here? Yeah, 250, I'm in. 250, I'm in. That's the run home. Kirsty and Beaver with his running of his eye across the test match. You won't want to miss that. We'll go back in the day after this. All the afternoon delight you'll ever need. It's Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Let's go and have a look back in the day. This day, July 11, 1930, Australian batting icon Don Bradman hit the quickest double century in Test history when he smashed an unbeaten 309 when Aussie made 4.58 for three. That is dominating. His triple ton took just 214 minutes and he remains the only man to make 300 in a day. 2010. And España wins their first World Cup. It's stabbed away uncomfortably to Fabregas. Surely now! Surely now Spain have won the World Cup for the first time in history. He broke their hearts in a 116th minute goal. Uh, It was a niggly affair. 46 fouls and 12 yellow cards and one red. A very ugly game. Uh, There was a sending off in the 109th minute for the Dutch, whose strong arm tactics ultimately backfired because they lost. Birthdays today, 92 years old Jack Alabaster, former New Zealand test spinner. Leon Spinks, former American boxer, 69 years old today, 50 years old today. Stephen Richards, former Kiwi motorsport driver. Eddie Dawkins, raw meat, 33 years old today, the former Olympic sprint champion. 32 years old today, Caroline Wozniacki, 
a Danish tennis player, of course. And Dave Litty, 26. He'll be on his way to the Commonwealth Games and hopefully repeat that magnificent gold medal. The number one movie in 1982 was E.T., the extraterrestrial. And the number one song, get into it. You In a cocktail bar That much is true She's winding it up early, Sammy. 45 seconds to go. 45 seconds to go. How good was it to hear from Murray Mexted today? Just great thoughts, great insights. If you missed the chat with Murray Mexted, missed any chats, actually, on all of the SENZ network and across the Australian network as well. The podcasts live on the SEN app. Get it for the podcast. If you prefer Apple, Spotify, anywhere else, subscribe to Afternoons with Staffy and you won't miss a beat. You won't miss a beat. The run home is up next. Thanks heaps to Sammy. Huge work today. Neeps, go you good thing. And the callers, the listeners, the texters, mad respect to you today. Love today. Run home next. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 21 91.